Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Not Funny Guys Present Off the Reels, the one and only genuine bona fide Not Funny Guys podcast. Remember, if it doesn't say Not Funny Guys, then it's not us. We are the Not Funny Guys. I'm Casey. I like everything. Franklin. I am joined by Dr. John, the cynical Evans, and Eric. I'm game line barger. Gentlemen, say hello. Yo. Hello. Uh, and- and it's line barger, not germ. Sorry. How long have we been friends? Come on. Well, I've got <laughs> the easy last fast. name to spell. Come on. We, we, I typed very fast as I was going here. And I actually didn't even read my thing right. I actually called him the cynical. But he's a cynic, um, Dr. Yeah, Evans. Yeah, whatever. We let you announce our names one time and, and you had one job. <laughs> I'm going to change this live. And everyone's going to be like, what is he writing for next time? <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it. Uh, how was y'all's week? Please tell me it was entertaining and exciting. Uh, yeah. For those, yeah, I can't say exciting, but for those who are who are listening, you can probably hear I have a cold. So that's been the brunt of my end of week, at least. It's because he's got the Ted Lasso stash this week. Oh, it's yeah, yeah. It's, it's my race stash from, uh, from Sebring. I was about to say, you go to... Florida, did you come back with a stash? <laughs> I came back with a all kinds of Florida back. man there, you know. <laughs> we don't want to know all the things you came back with. <laughs> came back with an illness too, apparently. Apparently you did. Apparently you did. Oh, excuse me. Um, well, my week was entertaining, and by entertaining I mean it was cold here in Massachusetts. So that was um about it. But we've was... been catching up on Last of Us. Briefly cold here, and now it's back to normal. No, no, it's 40 degrees here. No, we did that earlier uh, yeah. in the week. It's back up to 70 now. Oh, I'll, I wish it was 70 here. Uh, but yeah, I watched I watched some Last of Us, and I... Um, what else did I watch? I feel like I watched some... Oh, I watched Army of Darkness um, for the first true, true, like, paying attention time. I watched it once before, like, I don't know, 20 years ago, and I didn't <laughs> like it. Um <laughs> I'm a little on the fence about how I feel about it. I need to watch it again. It's very strange. It's a weird movie compared to the others, but I've been doing this Evil Dead rewatch, preparing for the new movie that Eric it, won't see. Is is Army of Darkness the one that they did twice, or is Evil Dead the one that they did Evil twice? Dead. Evil Dead. Okay. Evil Dead they did twice. Um, and it's... I used to think it was like a full... My memory told me it was like a full reshot, reboot, Evil Dead 2. Um but actually watching it, it's the first five minutes are kind of like the redo of it. And then the back half, because the movie's only like an hour and 20 minutes long. Hmm. It's like five minutes is like retelling Evil Dead 1. And then it kind of becomes its own little thing. Um, Evil Dead 1 is more horror. Evil Dead 2 starts to bring in the comedy. And Ev- uh, Army of Darkness just becomes its own wacky thing. Yeah, that one stands alone, kind of. Yeah. Um, and the effects are all over the place. And it's the same year as um, Jurassic Park and it's Universal. So you would think they would have been able to do better effects. But nope, same know. effects budget as, um, you know, Babylon 5. No, no, those were better. The <laughs> CGI was cheap. CGI was cheap. Uh, there's some good stuff in Army of Darkness. I just, I think I need to watch it again before I can. Claymation. That's what I was thinking of. Claymation. Uh, they do stuff. have a lot of Ray Harryhausen like stop motion in it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, but there's some there's some weird stuff in that movie. Um, but you know, you know, it was, it was it was fine for what it was. It was fine for what it was. So I, you know, I can dig it. 
Um, anything else going on before we we move on to? No, I just nodded my stuff. head. But my, I did my head back and forth like a no, and then realizing this was a podcast, decided to say no. <laughs> yeah, we kind of need to be able to hear it yeah. as a, 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 a. No, they have to guess. <laughs> okay, I'm going to show what I'm holding up, and you, you guys will see it, but the audience wow. won't. Wow, aren't they so cool? They're so big and round. <laughs> wow, and no one will else ever know. Look at how long that was. It was really long. And speaking of long, let's talk about some Us Geekly news, shall we? <laughs> there's some interesting things that happened this week, and then there's a lot of not interesting. Um, let's talk about a little, little bit of fun. There's some trailers. Um, I'm hoping you guys got to see it. I'll talk about the one that's the shortest first that won't bring much to you guys. But Power Rangers um, special reunion episode um thing they're doing for netflix they're bringing back some of the rangers and dealing with the death of the yellow ranger in an interesting way yeah i Uh, saw that yeah i did see that one out of of curiosity did the actress from the yellow ranger did she actually die oh yeah a long time ago yes it's been a while motorcycle motorcycle accident like a couple years after the show after she left the show and she died of motorcycle okay um, that was one of the reasons she's one of the few who haven't come back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're addressing it in this. I don't understand how the story plot works in this because the trailer doesn't really say. Um, and then I don't know how they're going to handle Green Ranger. I don't think he was in it. I don't think he would return to it. So they may not have to deal with it too much. But Yeah, but um, I clearly saw dead. him in one of those running scenes in the trailer. But it doesn't mean that that was that could have just True. been like a stock footage thing that they they True. used. And then they got the Blue Ranger back, who he hadn't been back in a long time because he had left over several different things. But one of them being he felt he was getting harassed for being gay. And yeah. so it was really hard for him on the set. So, uh, yeah, well, that was like early 90s. So, I mean, not it, that not that making fun of gay people at that point was good, but. You know, it yeah. was more common, I guess. It, it yeah. was definitely more common. Uh, but, you know, he's back and I'm excited. Um, and he's Billy Cranston. Um, Cranston coming from Brian Cranston, because Brian Cranston was in the show, which is kind of cool. A little random fact I happen to know about Power Rangers. I don't remember that. Brian Cranston um, was a, a couple, I think a couple of monsters, for sure one monster of the week. But I think he was a couple. <laughs> like behind masks? Yeah, he was like in the suit. Wow. That's fun. Yeah. So fun. Uh, fun fact about a uh, Power Rangers. Before we move on, um, I was I, I must have been nine, maybe eight, ten at best. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad came and sat down next to me as I was watching one of the episodes. The as I think of it, the original, you know, which is what this reunion will be about. Uh, Sud, we need to have a talk. I see how you're looking. At the pink <laughs> you're looking at the no. pink ranger in a weird way. <laughs> are you it's aware like... that your shorts are sticking up like a tin? <laughs> Man, I was I was an active nine year old. If that's the case, <laughs> Jesus Christ, you guys! <laughs> no, I he sits down and he he says just nonchalantly, "Oh, you know the, those aren't the same people as in the suits." And I didn't know that. And I was a young child and just burst into tears. <laughs> I hate to tell you, your dad was actually a little wrong there. Jesus. Oh. Yeah, so there, there's definitely a lot that is not them in the suits. Yeah, it was. All, I always the, thought it was like that was Japanese that they then added, you know, you know, American actors basically too. So there are a lot of scenes where they did have them in the suits doing mm. the fight scenes and stuff. 
Um, the bulk, you could usually tell the bulk of the Japanese stuff because it was in the rock quarry, but yeah, a lot of it wasn't the because they, <laughs> the, so like, here's the fun thing. The Green Ranger in the Japanese stuff is barely in the show. Once he was so popular when they did the episodes here, they were like, well, we got to bring him back. Let's just put a you in everything. And so yeah, they no, he, keep reusing. He was basically the main draw for like the last season or two, I feel like. And then yeah. didn't like the Green Ranger become the White Ranger and yep. stuff like that? Yeah he, beca- yeah. yeah, he became the White Ranger. And then he then Tommy became the Red Ranger. And then Tommy leaves the show and then they bring him back when ratings slumped um, in like <laughs> season seven or eight, I think. Um, and they bring him back to be like the mentor. So he was uh, all over the place. That was oh, the, Tommy was always the trick of ratings are slipping. Bring him in. Bring him in. Bring him in. Was was, I mean, are we talking about seasons when that was no longer the same costumes? When we started seeing like Dino Rangers and stuff. Oh yeah, like this was, I think it was the Dino Ranger season where he comes yeah. back and he's the okay. mentor. Um, yeah, I don't consider that the same season you know or same series in terms of seasons you know, so I they are tech- a different series i mean they are kind of different series but they're still because it the way it works out it is kind of looked as yeah, a seasons so. in a weird way weird. Um, but it was different series um and they i believe if i remember correctly mighty morphin's three seasons and they kept japan had already moved past mighty morphin but America kept trying to like squeeze in more and more out of it. And then they switched it and it goes from Mighty Morphin to Zeo to Turbo. This is all the same storyline, these different ones. Um, and then they go to space. I think it's Turbo and then space. Space wraps up the Zordon storyline. So all of that is one over, like huge arc. And then it starts to move away where every new title is its own story arc that doesn't really tie together that much. To be clear, I think I, I'm realizing now the dinos were always part of it, right? I mean, even the original no. Mighty Morphin. Mighty Morphin, they had dinos. And then Zeo, right. they move away from the dinos and it's like um, astrological signs. And then Turbo is cars. Yeah, as far as like the the astrological signs or what their little machines are or whatever. that they morph- Dear yeah. God, we're Actually, spending too much time talking about Mighty Morphin Power Rangers for the love of God. <laughs> actually, Mighty Morphin. Actually, they don't even have the dinosaurs the whole time in Mighty Morphin because they end up going to the animal zords because they get like White Falcon. Um, Welcome to the Red Power Dragon. Rangers podcast. <laughs> I could really go in a good bit. All right, this. all right. Let's drop Power Rangers. We'll come back to that for the the, the special. <laughs> we we will. I because I could, I really can go into. Oh, Sean, well, the producer's so, getting angry at this. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> well, if if we're not careful, he's gonna go all Sisu on us. Did you see the Sisu trailer? I uh, yes, yeah, that looks fun. <laughs> it was amazing. Okay, my what was your favorite part of the trailer? Because I know my favorite part of the trailer: the flying. That's lamb. a Nazi in the head. <laughs> Eric watching the scene with the flying. <laughs> that was a good one too. <laughs> the trailer. Uh, it was just it's such like a it's such a campy moment that is just absolutely excessive like, i want to see that yeah yeah oh, but it feels so it feels like the kill bill moment where the blood gets on the camera and you're like uh oh, they 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 get it <laughs> yeah oh i can't i cannot wait i i cannot wait um for that movie it's gonna be amazing um also gonna be amazing but in that i don't know if i'll see it in the movie theater kind of way or wait till it's there the blackening yeah, it looks, looks like fun. it's that looks like a yeah. like a real fun ride. Yeah. yeah, it 
a lot of uh, I like the jokes in it. A lot of uh, a lot of you know self humor and stuff like that. It'll be interesting to see kind of that play out. It and I I swear that trailer. Though I don't see Jordan Peele attached to the movie at all, um, that trailer, the house in that trailer, I swear it looks like the one from um, I want to call it like two. What was oh, us? That movie up. Us. us, thank us. you. Yes, us. yeah. Us. It was the movie from us. I'm pretty sure that's the same house. It does look like. As soon as they were like walking down the driveway, I was like, "That looks familiar." Yeah, so. I bet you it is the same house. Don't um, be surprised. Might might it be on purpose too? You know, just to. And did did you see the Bo is Afraid trailer? Yeah, I don't know what I, th- I don't know what that movie's about. I don't know what that movie <laughs> is either. It's the nightmare life of Walter Mitty. <laughs> it it kind of is, kind of is, but it looks it looks good. I'm I'm excited. Like I don't know what to expect other than it's the hereditary, um, Midsummer people and i enjoy those movies so I'm are excited. we sure andy uh, what was it who who's the one who's kaufman the one he's dead the... not andy kaufman sorry i'm thinking about the guy who did like synecdoche and um adaptation gonna bug me now yeah i have no idea why don't you look that one up because i some of his movies know. are good some of his movies are like oh i know who you're talking about yeah let me look him up yeah like you know some of his movies are good some of his movies are bad yeah spielberg guy you just can't catch a break. <laughs> Charlie Kaufman. That's it. Yeah, Charlie yeah, Kaufman. That would explain. Charlie that Kaufman. would explain why you said Kaufman. <laughs> yeah, no, it's I Charlie Kaufman, I, right? I, yeah. oh, I, I, I have. I have not seen that um, adaption movie, but I do know that it stars the the Cage Brothers, the identical twins, the Cages. Um, <laughs> sorry, that's an old. That's an old joke. Uh, um, speaking of old jokes actually it's not an old joke um next up that i want to mention is um avatar this is a rumor for avatar 3 but it's one that i totally can buy because it's james cameron apparently after they do the theatrical run of the movie you know the good three hour cut there will potentially be a nine hour cut of avatar 3 that will be shown on disney plus as like a limited series wait of just avatar 3 Yes. <laughs> yeah. I can not totally like, believe not, not like not like not a, one, two, and three together. Just Avatar three. No. There's a rumor, but I totally can buy this rumor because James Cameron loves his theatrical cuts and they are always super long. I guess my question is if you're cutting out two movies worth of footage, mm-hmm. what that's why three movies make... worth of footage right there. Yeah, I mean, why did it make it in in the first place? If you have a three-hour movie and you're like, I had to cut six hours to make this work, what movie do you have left at that three-hour mark? Well, it's like the third episode of Among Us, or of The Last of Us. Um, the guy, now I can't, Nick Offerman said that they filmed like a two-hour movie and then they cut it down to the 40 minutes that made it air. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, fair. It just, just I feel like that's a we we're, we're going for a quantum leap here in time scale though. Yeah. Does if am, am the I poor actors who had to film nine hours worth of movie so, <laughs> only to get six cut. Well let's Low let cap, check something. Baby. Does um what's the time length for DOS boot? Do we know does anyone know the time length of actual of DOS boot? Here? I don't know, but those are Germans um, and they run their own world. 
Right, but Das Boot's like a nine-hour movie. That's what I was going to get to. I think the American release of it was only like two hours. Now, granted, there's like two hours of that movie that's just silent and men <laughs> just staring at things, but still. It's just going to give people fatigue. <laughs> you know, you want to talk about getting fatigue over certain franchises? This is how you do it. It is how you do it. That is for sure. Um, yes. <laughs> The um, other thing that's also a rumor, but I want to mention it because it's a cool rumor, and I, I totally believe this rumor. There's a rumor that Mephisto is getting his own Disney Plus special, and that they're actually filming it right now. And I totally can buy it, because I totally believe that Mephisto is actually going to be an Ironheart, because it makes a lot of sense. Um, with um, Sasha Baron Cohen playing Mephisto. So You heard the rumor it's a musical? Right. I've heard rumors that there are musical elements. <laughs> I could possibly buy that too, but I do. That one's a little harder to swallow. Um, having it be a special and that it's filming now, I totally can buy because it seems like they're going to do a lot of specials for characters. That's Gossip fine. I think it. that'll be. I mean, that would be fun, and I'm I'm okay with Sasha Baron Cohen as Mephisto. Yeah. Um, what, Eric? I was going to say Das Boot. You want to know the runtime? The truth. I would God. like to know the runtime. German. It was a TV show, I think, in Germany. How they released it there. Oh, five nice. hours. Five. A little over five hours. Nice. Three hundred and eight minutes to be exact. Still very long. I have a copy of it somewhere. I've watched it <laughs> once, and it's full length. Why? I've never even heard of. I mean, I've heard of it. I've just never seen it. Uh, it's definitely something I would recommend seeing at least once in your life. But it is very slow. You just need to be aware of that. Is it World War One or two? Two. It's very yeah, too. But I do recommend I, I still it. want to see All Quiet on the Western Front, actually. That makes me think of that. You could do a double feature. Oh, yeah. It'll take up a whole week. <laughs> you can watch the original. <laughs> you could. You can watch the original All Quiet on the Western Front, too. Yes. Uh, you definitely could watch that. And read the novel. <laughs> Jesus. You could read. Or. What, am I going to go to a library for that? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of libraries. And all quiet on the Western Front. Ghostbusters Afterlife Afterlife sequel has started filming. Ooh, I still need to see Afterlife. Forgive That's me. good. Forgive That's me, good. audience. And um, Peyton Oswald is joined the cast. That'll be fun. And someone else. I don't. Oh, and um, um the guy uh, Kamal, um, from um, oh yeah, Eternals and um, a bunch of other hit things. He's also good. Silicon Valley. Oh. Yeah, Afterlife. Portlandia. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. I'm excited for that. Now, let's unfortunately talk about some sad news before I bring it back to weird news. So, do you how sad do you want to go first? Do you want just depressing or just do you rip want the band aid off? Let's go. Yeah, okay. All right, Sam Neill is being treated for stage three blood cancer. Jesus, oh, that's horrible. Yeah. But I believe I saw from the way the article reads, I think it was he was already treated mm. and now he's like in the recovering from the treatedness. He's in remission recovery. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's um, good. But it's still it's still sad. Well, at least it's not pancreatic cancer. That would just be like almost a death sentence still. Yeah. But it's it's still sad. I love Sam Neill yeah. so much. Um and I don't want another one of my favorite actors to die, but unfortunately we're getting to that that point in our lives where all the mm. actors we grew up with that we love are starting to die off. Did you know Sam Neill? I just looked this up. I was like, how old is he? He's 75 years old. Mm -hmm. He's older That's than my crazy. parents. Wow. 
He has a he has a farm and the best Twitter ever. Sam, if you're listening, you look very young for your age. Yeah, Jed. Yeah. Um, and we then love you. I hope you. I hope you are okay. I, I hope he's. I hope he's okay too, because I want him in more Jurassic Park stuff. Like his, I just want him in more stuff in general. His, his his image, his moment where he sees the dinosaurs for the first time and they get out of that jeep, that gives me goosebumps just saying it out. He loud and Laura right Dern pull that one. That yeah. moment is a cinematic moment that will live in my brain for the rest of my life because later it, in that it, film when Jeff Goldblum is, so is shirtless is when um Casey's Rachel. <laughs> That's a moment that like... lives in your mind forever. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite thing with Sam Neill is actually probably Event Horizon. Oh yeah. I love him in Event Horizon so much. Him and Lawrence yeah. Fishburne both make such good characters in that film. Yeah. You know what I would I would love for him to be, and I know we're getting a different actor in the role, but I would love for Sam Neill to be the Emperor in Dune. Well, yeah, but we're getting Christopher Walken. I know. Mm. I, I know but you're right. He could he Walken, could pull that too. But I think Sam Neill would have been really good. I no, I don't gonna, disagree. I just, I'm going to change your recommendation today to something Sam Neill. My recommendation oh, there later. There you go. There you go. I just um, saw something. I was like, oh yeah, he was in that. So and definitely. so that was our depressing our very sad tear news is lance reddick yeah. passed away this week at age 60 um so sad way too young way way too young um amazing bucket of wind he's in so much stuff that i've seen um the video game destiny there was actually like a tribute to him because he's in destiny i heard about the players yeah. going up yeah yeah um, he was he he was so good in everything, and just a cup to read a couple of things that he's done. Wait, wait, tell um, the audience about what the 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 salute in uh, Destiny was real quick. I don't know what the salute. Oh, I didn't oh, know, oh so, so I can the, tell you. you know, so yeah, so the salute in um, Destiny was so he has a character. I forget. It's been so long since. Um, Zavala. Not only his name, but where's the the base that they all he usually hangs out? You know, they always have uh, like the a, tower. Yeah, the tower. So, um. I don't know if that's still the equivalent they're in now, but um, they all went up to his character in the tower, basically um, members and would just stand there and salute, you know, do their own little emotes. But it was like a collective of people throughout time just doing yeah. it over and over. So I thought that was a really interesting way to see how people grieve and recognize, um, you know, talent like that. Uh, it was really sweet to hear about. Yeah. Um, some of the stuff that he's done, he um, was in the John Wick movies. Um, he will be in the ballerina, which is a John Wick spinoff, which I believe they have fully filmed all of his parts. He was Albert Wesker in the Resident Evil TV show for Netflix. Um, he's in lots of video games: Destiny, Horizon, Forbidden West. Uh, let's see what else is. Is he John Wick in? getting a number five? Did I hear that right? Or no? It's just on four. I'm just gonna keep on going with this. Um, <laughs> Apparently he's in some episodes of DuckTales. I knew he did a lot of voice stuff, but where's some of his um, other stuff? Because he did a bunch of TV shows. Uh, oh, actually, the, here's an interesting one. He did one. The Wire. He was in The Wire. Um, Quantum Break, which they did um, film mm. stuff and they did um, mocap stuff for. That's the that's that Xbox one, right? That was that, the that is the Xbox one. He's in White House Down. Um, he was in Fringe. He's in all 90 episodes of Fringe, mm. um, which is I definitely highly recommend. He's in all types of stuff. He was such... Oh, he was in um, Lost. He was in four episodes of Lost. He was supposed to actually be Mr. Echo. 
but then he they had to change the role because um, mm. of I believe the wire actually is what caused him to have to change the role. Um, it, it was an amazing actor. Um, big bucket of wind. Oh, he's in Oz. I didn't realize that one. Uh, oh, actually, John, did you know this? He was in West Wing. Really? I didn't realize he was in an episode of West Wing. Cool. That's kind of that's kind of cool. Um, but no, he was he, great. Big bucket of wind. I, I love everything I saw him in, and I'll be very sad now. Um, yeah. So, um, Lance Reddick, um, we we pour one out for you, and we we hope your family does very well, or like emotionally well. Uh, you are missed already. Yeah, uh, very much missed. And then uh, oh, we're going to do this one, and then we'll do the one that broke right before we um, started recording tonight. Um, but before I do that one, um, Victoria Alonzo was fired by Disney. She had been with MCU basically since the beginning. Mm. Um, she worked on Iron Man 1, was working through. She was the head of the VFX department. And um, when she was let go, apparently it was very sudden. And there was lots of rumors swirling around. One of the rumors being that um, she got blamed for the dip in like CG quality for the Marvel productions. Because as they ramped up and did the TV shows, they didn't um, grow the size of their department. And so you had that one department trying to handle everything. So mm. CG kind of took a dip. Um, and supposedly she was um, a little rough to her employees. I don't mean like physically, but, you know, do your job or else I'll cut you out of things. Right. Then, so we had that for like a day. That was like the rumor. And then eventually it came out that she was fired because she was producing and promoting the um, Oscar thing, Argentina 1985. Um, it was like up for like a short or something. Um, oh, yeah. Um. Apparently, she had been warned multiple times that was against Disney, um, your contract. You cannot promote and do outside work. Ooh. And apparently, she had been warned and didn't listen. And then she went to the Oscars and still promoted this thing. And Disney let her go. She wow. responded back with a, hey, they actually got rid of me because I refused to do something that I thought was irreprehensible, which then Disney. They responded back with, it is sad that you were basically making up things. Ooh. So this is going to be a very interesting fight. Yeah, it's, gonna ugly. it's going to be very messy. Yeah. Um, but that happened. So I see text messages and emails and court litigations. Mm -hmm. Hopefully Disney won't be like Fox News and they'll settle. Oh, yeah. They probably already have. <laughs> Kevin Feige it, can throw his own money to settle that at this point. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking that there's a little bit of truth in all of it. Probably. If she was in charge of the VFX and when Iger comes back, came back in, and if he's starting to hear these things that people aren't happy, he could have been like, we got to get rid of her. Mm -hmm. But how Iger's a bit of a chop man. Like, well, he doesn't seem to care about taking people out. No. Yeah. He's, I, he's a very he's a very shrewd businessman. I'm sure this happened the same way as everything else where she had been kind of not performing at, at peak levels you know yeah and they were just looking for reason and this was a perfect reason you know it, exactly That's it was I a contractual too. reason and an easy way to say yep you broke contract yep the easiest way to get rid of someone yep. and not have to deal with like the horrible severance or anything else it's just like Correct. sorry we gotta we gotta do this but um 
read your contracts. And if your contract says that you can't compete, you probably shouldn't compete. Don't compete. <laughs> then the other news thing that happened right before we did this, and you're going to have to forgive me because it's on. I sent myself the link on the phone, but I want to read it correctly. I don't want to just say what what happened. So the Jonathan Major situation, right? Yeah, Jonathan Majors. So when I first saw the story, um, it was a rumor that happened, and then this is all new to me, by the way. So I don't. This know. literally just happened within like the last two hours. Oh wow! So I saw a rumor that he had been arrested, and then Hollywood Reporter has confirmed that he was arrested. Um, so this is coming from Hollywood Reporter. The Creed Three star was arrested Saturday in New York after what police described as a domestic dispute with a thirty-year-old female. Um, he was arrested for domestic dispute. Oh, it was a domestic dispute. He was arrested for. Um, did they actually say in there? Um, it was assault and strangulation. The victim informed police that she was um, assaulted. Police um, placed the 33 year old male in custody without incident, according to the statement, um, which identified the male as Majors. The woman sustained minor injuries to her head and neck and was taken to the hospital. Wow. Um, he said, oh, the actor was arrested on charges of strangulation, assault, and harassment, according to a spokesperson. Um, he says that it is a misunderstanding and that there was nothing wrong done. So we'll have to see how this develops. Yeah. I really hope that it was a misunderstanding and nothing wrong was done because I really like Jonathan Majors a lot. I've loved him That's... and everything I've seen him in. I'm wondering what the misunderstanding that leads to strangulation and assault is. I mean, well, I can an interesting one. I mean, I can think of at least one. I can think one of one activity. Yeah. Yes, one. <laughs> um, that if not both parties are into that, then that's going to cause some issues. Then you might end up with yeah. a uh, what was his name? Um, shit. Now that you said, you maybe think of that rabbit hole. Um. Um. The guy from the Facebook movie. Oh yeah, um, the cannibal. Uh, the cannibal. Yeah, I don't know. I, he he's no longer relevant. So I he's no longer that. relevant. He's so irrelevant. <laughs> I can't think of his name. I, I watched the documentary, but um, Arnie I, Hammer. I do, thank you, Arnie Hammer. There um, you go. I do hope that I hope this isn't what it what it is with Jonathan Majors because I like Jonathan Majors a lot, and I don't know how you square that circle with Marvel. If that's the case, because he's your big thing. Yeah, is Marvel going to pull an NFL? <laughs> yeah. And I don't know who you replace him with. So, hmm. uh, I, oh, I, uh, my well, heart's out leave to... Leave it alone. Let's well, see how this plays out. Let's not yeah. throw well, a Of course, button. we have to, yeah, we have to play it out. Let's see how it plays out. I'm just hoping that it's all... I'm Join hoping us. that it's a misunderstanding, and my heart is definitely out to all the people involved with this particular the woman. Yeah, yes, in this moment, yeah. um, she deserves to be listened to. She deserves to be heard. Yeah, and whatever care she needs. Exactly. Um, so I'm glad it was all the rest and stuff happened without um, incident. So that's that could have been horribly wrong in today's society. Hmm. Um, but that that literally just broke. Uh, Join us next week, folks. Yeah. We'll we'll have more information. Of that's right, but hopefully next week we won't have a that's our Zaslov moment. <laughs> but you never know. So there we go. That is the news for the week. You guys, there's a little piece of news you missed. I missed some news? Yeah. What did I miss? This is episode 50. 
Oh, thank you. I didn't even. Yeah. You're right. I didn't we even did think it. about that. We did it. We folks. made fifty. Fifty episodes. Oh my god! Oh, what we should do something to celebrate fifty. My mother oh, was commending us for making this many episodes. My mother was commending us. I don't know why she nice. listens, but she does. Right. And you all that's should be listening awesome. too. I don't want to be talking in the dead air. That's that's this is true. I think, follow, okay, subscribe, so... comment, all that fun all, stuff. Smash all that, that subscribe stuff. button. <laughs> and uh, so, in honor of the fiftieth, then let's. Um, okay, here we go. What is a movie that you have watched a ton? Doesn't have to be fifty times, but a movie like what is your most watched movie? Like off the top oh, of your wow. head, what is your most watched movie? Um, John, you go first because Eric's scratching his head. Oh, I'm gonna scratch my head too. Uh Goonies. Probably Goonies. Goonies. There could be several movies in that category though, so that's that's a tough one to pull. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is tough. I don't know. I don't want Casey knows I don't watch a ton of films twice even. So I know. I know. So that's hard. He just uh, literally folks, he he watches it, takes the disc, and throws it away. <laughs> what's this disc you talk about, old man? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> he he watches it and then he erases it and gives it a one star rating on Netflix or whatever service he's on, and he tells it, Don't you ever show me this again. In fact, he messages the, each company and says, if you show this to me again, I'm unsubscribing from your service and just to threaten them. <laughs> kind of true, actually. Kind of true. Um, did you did you say one, John? Did you already say yours? He did. He said Goonies. Oh, shit. Says. Okay. Um, so I, I've got a couple that come to mind. Can I All say right. like two? Yeah, you can. Absolutely. 50th so, episode. Do what the fuck you want. So one from my childhood that stands out that I've seen a ton. You can actually, I think, watch it on Disney Plus now um, is Rookie of the Year. Um, it's about a kid who like breaks his arm and then all of a sudden it heals in a way that gives him super pitching speed. So he becomes a, uh, I think a, um, a, a pro MLB player pitcher at like 13 or 12 for, um, for the Texas Rangers. Producer Jonathan stepping in here to let you guys know it's the Chicago Cubs, not the Texas Rangers. He doesn't even know the movie he likes. It could be another team, but I, I'm pretty sure it's the Rangers. Um, and your other? The other actually would be uh, like The Great Escape. Um, it's And I say that only because every time it's on TV, I stop and watch it. And I remember stopping a lot and watching it with my dad. Um, usually it's the back half, the actual escape mm-hmm. that I remember watching the most. But yeah, that, that comes to mind a lot. Um, I'd also say the Moulin Rouge. I've seen Moulin Rouge a lot because when I was designing... When I would design lights in theater, I would typically watch it at least once uh, before I started the process to, to kind of saturate my brain with all the color nice i would have to say mine would probably be national lampoon's christmas vacation i have watched it like every christmas since i was probably like 16 so i have to change my i have to change my answer based on that but go ahead um i would say also probably sleeping beauty i've watched that movie a thousand times um i really love that disney really Um, yeah, it's my favorite Disney. She's the best huh. princess. I don't care what anyone says. Aurora's the best. Um, and then she I, is literally asleep half the movie. Shut up. <laughs> the best princess. The best princess. <laughs> I, she shuts her mouth and knows when to not talk. <laughs> I did not say that. I did not say that. But that's an Eric fact. <laughs> she, she's cool with assault. <laughs> oh, God. And now we've gone back to the doctor. Harassment. <laughs> Sexual harassment is not a, not something they, they prohibit. Uh, to get us out of this hole, I also 
the movie I've watched a lot. You're, of it you're out of the hole. Is, you did it. I just did it as my favorite movie. Um, another one that I've done a lot is Event Horizon. Um, hmm. I've 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 watched that almost every Halloween. So I have to I have to change my answer because I know for a fact that I have seen this movie the most probably based on the fact that it's been tradition in my family since I was a kid. Uh-huh. White Christmas. We've watched it every year. Wow. There you go. I know I know the lines. So that's but pretty it, awesome. Yeah. Well, there we go. That is um that is our special fiftieth anniversary or fiftieth episode. Um special little tidbit you get Woo-hoo! from us. There you go. Gentlemen. There you go, folks. Put it on a wall. <laughs> Put it on a wall. And speaking of putting it on a wall, did you know we have an email address? I know. Oh, you did. You did. No, you I actually. I know you know because you set it up. <laughs> it is not funny, guys. Dot off the reels at gmail dot com, and you can write in like some of our fans have written in, and we've got another letter yeah our fan in arizona shut up scott b shut up scott i love you scott get back we all we all love scott i love scott scott wrote in and he said you guys mentioned the severance show on apple tv and i'm curious about getting into watching it but what would you say it's kind of like if you had to describe it or like link it to another show Ooh, Hmm. interesting Um... that's a good question Either one of you want to go with what you think? I'd say The Office. <laughs> no, I would not say The Office. It's not The Office. It's not The Office. <laughs> I would say kind of like, what is it? Stranger Than Fiction, that Will Ferrell movie? Hmm. There's a kind of vibe about the idea that you're not really in control of your life kind of element to that. That, But more and more dark comedy to it. I mean, I know Ben Stiller is a major figure in that, but it's way darker. So... I wouldn't put it anywhere necessarily near a comedy, though. I keep thinking about Stranger Than Fiction in my head, but that would not necessarily be the one that I'd probably most likely compare it to. What about you, Casey? I would say it's a little bit like Vanilla Sky to me. Yeah, true. There's there's a little Vanilla Sky in it, um, and that's one of the things. Also, it this is a weird one. Now you're going to go with me on this for a tiny bit. It's a little bit Fight Clubby. Because they're all Tyler Durden when they're yeah, you're down, right. like when when they're down there. I, I was thinking I I his I name was that. Robert Paulson. <laughs> Robert Paulson is Petey. Robert Paulson is Petey. Petey. Robert Paulson is Petey. Let's not give too much away here. We don't want you to spoil it for you, but you'll get it when you see it. It's, it's, I didn't even think about that. You're right. He is Petey. Um, the shrink wrapped in tears and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I so for me, I don't know why this is the case because uh, Scott, forgive me, this isn't probably the best way to to summarize it, but to me, it it calls to memory like a blend of of two Jim Carries, which is the Truman Show, um, and then uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, right? So there's there's really this kind of aspect of playing with your memories, playing with your reality, playing with your um, perception of both. Um, and all those things. So, so any movie that does that, we can apply it. Yeah, I, I Memento. It it really is a very unique show in the in the sort of plot and scenario it puts itself in. Mm-hmm. Yet, part of the creepiness of it is that it feels so familiar and so actual, right? Yeah. You know, like I feel it, like Christopher Nolan could have made this series too. 
if he was a producer, I wouldn't be shocked. Agreed. I could see that. I could see that for sure. I could, I could also see that. It, it, it's a little Hitchcockian at times, too, if I say so. Like, it has a lot of lot of suspense building. Uh, Less sexual harassment on the set, I imagine, then. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> there is a... What's his name? Oh, uh, t- t- uh, let's cut this out. This is going to work. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's... I, I, it's I, got the Jesus in it. That's who it is. That's I, what it is. I, think I was going to make fun of him because he's such a nice guy. Stephen. Stanley I, Tucci? I all of those are... No. No, it's not Stanley um, Tucci. It's the other one. Yeah, John Totoro? Is that it? Yes, John, John Totoro. Totoro. Yeah, that's it. Sorry. Yeah. He's so good. Yeah, I love him. My, fa- I, I want to mention my favorite character in it, but I don't want to mention it because some people don't know he's in the show. But it, there's an actor who in the show who I love. It's I also love. like, um, it's also like Lost, I think, in the fact that like every cliffhanger or the cliffhanger at the end of the season was like, are you kidding me? They stopped right there. <laughs> so, uh, so I didn't mention this when we were, when you were talking about it, um, week before last or. Three weeks, no, three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, watching the show, like I, I, I watched it slow, like an episode in like a day, um, until I got to the last three, and I started that first one, and then it was like, I was like, fuck, it's got a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. So then I immediately went into the next one, and then I watched that one. I'm like, fuck, this is too good. I have to know. I just have to know. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it's like one o'clock in the morning. So I move up and Rachel's asleep and I get in bed and I turn on the TV and I'm watching that last episode and I'm just like trying not to scream at the top of my lungs. Like, <laughs> no, fucking better not. What are you doing? Like, I'm so animated. Hold those switches. Yeah, like, what the fuck? Like, I was so animated and I'm not that animated when I watch a show all the time. And it's I like being so in bumper to bumper traffic and then all of a sudden you get the free lane and you just go. Yeah, it and, sort of builds it's like you're going slow and then you break out of traffic and you're like, yes. Yeah, it's, you got it was so good. Oh, those those last three episodes. Oh, my it God. Remind, especially that you, last episode. You know, what it reminded me. It made me think about when I watched the first season of The Expanse. And I just like was in and I'm like, first episode, I'm like, OK. And then second, third, I'm like, go, go, go. No, I got to keep watching. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you have those experiences where you feel like you're going to just start off. I'll do one episode and then you're like. You're on episode three, and all of a sudden, no, it's like, no, I got to do four, five, six, seven, go, let's finish. Yeah, there's and not many shows can pull that off very well, but this no. show, man, when they got its hooks on you, it's just That's go good. time. Scott, watch it. It's it's worth the watch, Scott. Yeah, absolutely Scott. watch it. Um, thank you, Scott. Again, that is notfunnyguys.offthereels at gmail.com, and you can write in, just like Scott did, and tell us... Um, Tell us your thoughts, ask questions, suggestions, whatever you want to do. And if you forgot the name of the email, it will be in the show notes. So check it out. Yeah, check it out. There you go. And if you want library suggestions, Eric's got a lot of them, not just the one that he's going to do later today. But speaking of later, write him about it. Ask him. You should write in and ask him. Hey, send me your suggestions for libraries, folks. I'd love to. I'd love to know where you're going. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a good idea. Let's. Um. If someone sends in one, let's read it off. Um, yeah, we'll do a definitely. quick little, oh, yeah, you, little you shout get, out to them. If I get flooded with them, hey, I'll I'll try to stack them up and read them all. But you know, we'll see. Scott, start off, start us off, Scott. <laughs> I love it. All right, let's get into speaking of starting us off. Let's get into our movies of the week. So, as I've mentioned a thousand times, I'm watching through all the Marvel movies this year, and I'm getting there, making some progress. Um, this week, I watched the Death of the Incredible Hulk. 
last week I did the other Hulk movies. Um, 19, from 19, well, the show was 1977. The show, uh, the movie was 1990. Um, so I watched The Incredible, Death of the Incredible Hulk. Then I also watched the 1990 Punisher movie. And then I watched the 1996 Gen X movie. And then we all watched the glorious masterpiece that is Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. And guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little a little spoiler, a little tidbit. This is this is an Eric fact. Is it Mr. Evans? Love the fuck out of this movie. <laughs> and I know he's I know he might try to like play it off. He loved the fuck out of this movie. I don't know. You know, John, I mean speak up, but like I think he loved it personally. I think it was probably I think he said it was one of his favorites. I mean I I don't want to go in too far, but yeah, I think I think that was probably Yeah. We'll let him we'll let him, we'll you, let him, we'll let him speak do you want to say now or do you want me to go on and do the, the other movies? Look, I, you know what? Let, let's just do the other movies. He let's... he's he's telling us to go on. I want to say yeah. this up front, John. Go ahead and trash it later. I know you, you want to. I know that's your brand, that's your cynical style, but I think the audience and all of us, you know, now we, we can honestly recognize where we're at. Um we know you like it and it's cool. Like yeah. It's cool. Like you shouldn't feel the need to just shit on it. It's it, it's. Oh, you'll come around. You'll come around. I did not come around, and they did this while I was away using the bathroom. So, thanks, guys. He will come around. All right, so let's uh, let's get into some Death of the Incredible Hulk. So again, nineteen ninety. Um, I watched this on DVD. Um, you can get it. Actually, no, you can't get it anywhere except for DVD. Uh, you can watch it on YouTube if you want. This is again Bill Bixby as David Banner, Lou Ferrigno as the Hulk. Um, and- oh, I'm gonna mispronounce his name, Andreas Katsulas. Um, he was Jakar in Babylon 5. Hey, that's um, nice. he plays Kasha, who is also the villain of this particular movie. Um, the villain also being Gravity, which I will get into in a second. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I know. So, movie... I know where this is going. <laughs> yeah, this movie starts off very creepy and ominous. It has got the creepiest music when it starts off, and then it cuts. You go into this building, and then all of a sudden, you see David is now a janitor, and apparently, he's an idiot because like people ask him things, and he's like, I. I I don't, I don't know. Um, I guess I should. I guess I should get done for the day. David, where's your coffee? Oh man. Oh, okay, I gotta go get my coffee. Like he's just a bumbling idiot. Uh, but then you, there's one that scientist is really nice to him, um, who's gonna help him out. But then David leaves, and he's still a bumbling idiot. But he like comes back into the office and when he gets there you find out he's just playing it up he doesn't want anyone to realize that he's david banner and that he's this genius so he starts working with this Uh... scientist like the scientist doesn't know he's working there but david's coming in and just like adding in notes to his big project or um correcting mistakes on his whiteboard and then the scientist will come in and be like something's going on i've got like an elf helping me or something um, eventually the scientist like sets a trap and then David comes in and the scientist is like, no, what are you doing? Why are you here? You got to get out of here. This is, I won't be able to find out what's happening. And then he realizes that David is the one who is actually helping him. 
So he he does get to that little bit. David starts to explain what's going on. The scientist is trying to find a way to kind of cure the gamma stuff, but he needs to see what's wrong with David. Mm-hmm. While all that's going, Kasha, Jakar's character, he is he wants to steal the data from the scientist, and it wasn't maybe maybe I just missed it, but it's not a hundred percent clear how he knows what the scientist is doing, but he uses this woman um, and I didn't write down her character's name, but she was um, in Highlander. Um, one, oh, Jasmine. He gets Jasmine to help go like break in. She's almost like a quasi black widow character in a weird way. They're just using her as uh, a like, thief again, aren't they? They are using her as a thief. Um, and so she goes in there to, to try to steal it and she obviously interrupts the accident as they are trying to stop or trying to cure the hulk is she good or bad she is she's both sides Ooh, by yeah. bisexual <laughs> <laughs> she just um, has that like she just has that like greased down to her head like hairdo of like evil women in the 90s <laughs> yes that's her always yes. her hairdo even in highlander <laughs> really yeah here yes. let's see how tight you can make this ponytail um here is our here's our friend kasha nice um jakar outside of his makeup um so they get david in there and they're gonna be like okay david we need to see this this thing that you're like you got you're working with we need to figure it out let's mm. see it we're going to record it so they build this containment thing for david and they put on this um almost like a needle that's supposed to like jam into him to get a blood sample because they need a blood sample from the hulk and so they get in there and they strap david in and get him like coursing through with electricity so that he turns into the hulk and then he Hulk roid rages out into some tidy whities. Is that behind like a a, a it's, shower it, curtain? What is this? It's um <laughs> an electric. It's like a, an electric laser fence. Like he's being beamed up. It does look like he's being beamed up in tidy whities <laughs> in the tidiest of tidy whities. And why are those tidy whities tidy purples? Let's just be honest, guys. That's that's bad. That's bad costume work. It is bad costume. They do not keep him in line with the character this time. Um. So they still get him in there. That's still Luferigno, still right? yeah. Still yeah. Luferigno. Um, this is uh, there's like this thing on his back, and that that's what they use to like inject him. Oh, the diabetes monitor. (laughs) Yeah, essentially, and so it not just gives them the blood, but it kind of sedates the Hulk. Uh And so they they sedate him. He turns back, and then they because they filmed it, they show David the Hulk for the first time. David's never seen the Hulk, Mm. so he gets to see the Hulk for the first time. So they use the blood and they've come up with the cure. And while they are trying to administer this cure, Jasmine steps in, or Jasmine steps in and wrecks the place. Bitch. Hulk gets free. One thing or another happens. The doctor who was helping him goes into the hospital, gets injured and goes into the hospital, kind of in a, in a coma. Mm-hmm. And there is, did I? There's a spot where the, when David's trying to help him, trying to get Dr. Pratt out of his coma, and he's like, he goes up to him and he's like, Pratt, Pratt, um, what what have you done? What have you done? 
Oh, did you set off the stink bomb, Stinky? Oh my God, it's so stinky! What? Oh, I'm gonna call you Stinky Brad, and he just keeps what? going on like that for like what a two hell? minute scene. I don't. It does not compute. The, I know. So <laughs> then he like wakes up from his coma to be like, "Oh, we gotta, we gotta get you out." So apparently, he just called Stinky Pratt that he gets out of his coma. And is so this, they is this is this Chris Pratt just farting all over the set? Is that what this is? No, but that'd be rather funny. Um, so they're gonna try to get they're gonna try to stop Kasha. They're trying to get Jasmine out or Jasmine out, um, and it ends up. All of this in, leads to this big scene where they're going to fly away and get out to safety. And oh, and one, there's a one little bit of foreshadowing that happens earlier where David, like David's talking about the Hulk, and they're like, "Oh my God, nothing can stop him. You heal so quickly, nothing can stop him." He's like, "Yeah, I don't think anything, but maybe like a huge blunt trauma could like stop him." <laughs> and so they like set up like this idea of like, oh, you could possibly kill the Hulk. So van guys are trying to get away kill and the beast. they're on a plane and the Hulk gets into the plane, like runs up to it and gets into this tiny little plane on the runway. The plane takes off and one of the bad guys takes a gun and shoots into the bottom of the plane, which blows the plane up and sends the Hulk flying out. And then he falls onto the runway and when he hits the runway as the Hulk he then changes back <laughs> sorry I had to cough he changes back to David um, and then dies and then um, that's that's kind of it that's like the final shot of the movie is Jasmine standing there with uh, David Really? does she so, confess no. her love to him <laughs> uh, she did the night before the scene Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. So wait, this this whole he fucks. Dead? He's actually dead. We all know David yes, Banner was yes. getting it good. Yes, he died. Um, he died from the impact from falling out of a plane. He was getting it in the wedding. Of, he of was getting it in the wedding. Uh, so, or the incredible Hulk returns even in the beach. Yeah. He kind of I think he was all the time. Yeah, I think he was too. He's he a mysterious a man who looks like he's withholding, and women just go, oh, "I must fix this." It. Was this was not the Ed Norton one because remember Ed Norton one when he's like with Betty and his little wrist monitor goes off. He's like, "Oh, I gotta stop. My heart's getting a little too fast." <laughs> this banner's like, "Let's tempt fate." Uh, <laughs> so he dies. So in actuality, there was supposed to be another movie after this. Um, I, I believe it was going to be the Incredible Hulk Resurrection or the Resurrection of the Incredible Hulk. Mm. But Bill Bixby passed away shortly after. Oh, this so they could no. not do the other one so this became the end of kind of the end of the tv series was this death um it's an okay movie um i'll give you my rating on it in, in just a minute so that was the first of the three that i watched then i where watched... where does it stack up to the other incredible hulks or is that part of the rating later i'll tell you the rating i'll tell you where those sit in, in just a minute right. so the other two i watched um i watched the 1989 punisher movie um, with Dolph Lundgren. Um, Punisher looks very interesting in the comics in the 80s, but in the movie, um, it's just a dude with some leather mm-hmm. and some greased back hair. And not the skull. I don't see the not skull. Not the skull. He does not have the skull. At all in the movie? Um, at all in the movie. 
Um, he wears the same exact outfit the entire movie. Damn. Um, the production company on this one was New World Pictures. It's an hour and a half long movie. It's got Dolph Lundgren. It's got Louis Gossett Jr. It's got a guy named um, Brian Marshall who plays Dino Moretti. Um, the villain is not Moretti. The villain is actually the Yakuza huh. in this particular movie. Sure, why not? <laughs> some, some very ominous music as we're going through the sewers. And it, it sounds like you're watching a horror movie at first. But then we get to um, the big, like this, the cops are showing up this place and they just start talking about the Punisher right off the bat. So it's established that the Punisher is, uh, is there, like he's already got the name, right? He's already doing his stuff. Um, They, the reporters are there. They're looking at this crime scene. And then you see the Punisher standing in the doorway of this house as smoke starts to go. And then the house catches on fire and the Punisher gets away. This is the point in the movie, the very beginning, it's still the very beginning. This is the point in the movie where I realized that the composer of this music mu- movie is the same composer of a movie you guys are watching next week called Howard the Duck. It's the same composer. Um, then we we meet Punisher's little friend, um, which I can't remember his name, but he lures this guy to the alley with a whiskey bottle on a remote truck. And the drunk, we kind of find out, is kind of his informant. Um, but watching it, the drunk definitely wants to fuck Frank Castle. It is a very weird scene. <laughs> this guy is, like, in love with Frank Castle. Frank Castle fucks? Yeah, Frank Castle. Actually, Frank Castle does not fuck. He doesn't fuck around at all. Frank Castle fucks you. up. <laughs> he yeah. fucks up people. <laughs> um, that's about the time that I started to realize this movie's violent violent um knives going into people's heads um gunshots um this is the for for eric and john this guy here is the homeless guy who's like his even in this picture i picked this guy i mean he man we could meme the hell out of this picture (laughs) (laughs) um so frank is there to me the punishment go ahead sorry no, go ahead. What are you gonna say, real quick? I said, to me, the Punisher is the ultimate like confusion of is it a good guy or a bad guy with a gun? <laughs> yes, that is definitely. How do you know? Yes. How do you know? Yeah, that would definitely be a way to describe the Punisher. Um, in between the violent sequences, it, Punisher rides this motorcycle through the sewer constantly. It's just shots of him riding. Through. I don't know where he sleeps. We don't ever see his house. We don't see his lair. He's just riding this bicycle through the sewers. Is that a comic thing? Is is the sewers his normal? No. Okay. No. no. It's this wonderful made-up thing for this movie. Of course. He's a Teenage um, Mutant Ninja Turtle ripoff here. <laughs> he kind of is. Um so he it's it's just a, it's just a revenge plot. Like we end up finding out that like this leads to Frank's family dying, which fortunately didn't do like the Netflix show where you constantly have to watch his family die. Um, the lighting in this movie is all over the place. It's very violent. Um, oh, there is a scene. This little bratty kid gets kidnapped by the Yakuza and it's Moretti's kid. And the bratty kid, I mean, he does this dick child <laughs> and he starts talking back to the Yakuza and the Yakuza's like, sit down, kid. And the kid like moves to the corner and gets a chair and then runs up and hits a Yakuza guy with the chair. And that Yakuza guy 
bitch slaps that little child <laughs> across the sewer cell. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, man, this kid's got he's a dick, but he's got some balls. Yeah, this kid's got some balls. Um, they use the kid as like the the way to get Moretti and the Punisher to team up to go stop the Yakuza later on. Um, but this leads into like the money scene of the movie where the Punisher like drops into a casino and just shoots anything that moves with this massive gun that shoots an ungodly amount of bullets. That doesn't make sense. How does the gun not? Like So in watching that scene, is he actually killing people or is he just destroying yes. all the machines? Both. Jesus. <laughs> Both. Um and that scene is the selling point of this movie. Like, also, like, by far. In that scene when he drops down, he then stops on the table and he lands perfectly on his feet. I think he mm-hmm. I think he I think he repelled in, so I'll give him yep. that. Um so he lands, he's there, and then he just hangs out on the pool table talking to like this guy in his hands for like five minutes. Where are all the other security guards during this moment? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I I wondered the same thing. And then after the scene, he like gets away and he goes into like I don't think they're actually in New York, but he basically goes to Coney Island and then he's, he's running yeah. with this little what you That seems to be a theme. Yeah. He he goes through and while he's there, there's it's there's this like slide, you know those like slides that's like you go down and then it's like a little bit of a like a bump and then like it's just this wavy slide. Yeah, like, it was like just like they were like slide at a McDonald's, basically. Yeah, there was like this scene where he's like he gets up to the slide and he gets jumped, and then it's like forty men just start coming down the slide. There's like five slides in a row, and it's like five at a time going down, and they got their guns. And as they hit the first little little wave, then comes the next ones, and the Punisher is just down there like shooting everyone coming down these slides. It's a very <laughs> weird scene. Meanwhile, there's a teen at the top of those slides like go. Go. <laughs> <laughs> that would have made this movie better he gets captured and then the, he gets taken to the yakuza like base and the woman who's running them puts him in this like weird bdsm machine <laughs> it's like a rack and then she's like starts she's got his shirt off and she's taking her fingernail and just like rubbing it along his chest and being like you know you want to help me fuck off lady Oh, the Spark the rack. It's a very <laughs> weird scene. Um, and then he gets loose, and then there's this other woman's got these earrings that I was just like bullshit on these earrings where he's like there holding a gun to, to this woman, and she like takes her time to take these earrings off, and then she throws them like throwing stars <laughs> to kill people. And you're like, I was like, what is going on? Um, but then you kind of get to like all this is getting up to the end of the movie where they're going to get to this big fight and Lewis Gossett Jr.'s character is talking to them. Um, he actually ends up talking to to Frank because Frank gets arrested for like five seconds in the movie. Basically, it's long enough for Lewis Gossett Jr., who was his friend, to talk to him. Hey, you got to get out of here. Well, it's not you got to get out of there. It's like, Frank, you have committed 125 murders in five <laughs> years. What the hell are you doing? He's I like, can't. I'm. He goes, I'm doing my job. Like, I can't keep covering for you this like this. Right. <laughs> so like the actual line really is you've done 125 murders in five years. Jesus Christ. Like this Punisher is busy. I like, I want to see his schedule. Like, wake up, sleep, clean guns, kill people, eat, sleep. Like it what is his like I just don't get he's a very busy man. He also has clearly killed more than wait. Are they considering the people he's actually like done a hit on as the murders or is 
because he'd done more than 125 collateral damage murders in this movie. I don't know what they're counting on these murders. Anyway, he gets through and he gets away. And then like Louis Gossett Jr. at the end of the movie is like trying to find Frank and Frank's just gone. Um, and that's kind of how the movie goes. It cuts off like as abruptly as I ended that whole like little review. It's like he saves the kid and then he runs up to the roof. Louis Gossett Jr. opens the door. Frank's not there. Frank! Blackout. It's for the sequel. Yeah, that never happened. Never. Um, I will say, <laughs> Golf Lundgren's English is much better in this movie than it was in He-Man. Yeah, the clip you showed looked like it. I was like, oh, well done. Yeah. Still like so, him better in He-Man. I, I like him better in He-Man, too. Um, but his English is at least better in this. Then I watched the, and this is going to tie into our other thing that we all watched. I watched the 1996 Generation X TV movie that was a pilot for a TV show that they were hoping to do. Do you know there's a direct connection of an actor from this film to ours? And Detective then... Gaynor is Dugan in Fury. Oh, really? Yeah. I was looking him up earlier. He is the detective in this film is the Tim You're Tim right. Dugan in the next in our in our Nick oh. Fury. You're right. He's the detective. So that guy's they, been in everything, though. I'm gonna just say, yes. <laughs> this movie has so many people in it. Um, so it's got Matt Frower or Frewer. Um, he was Max Hedrum. He plays Trish, the bad guy. Mm-hmm. It's got um, Fiona Hughes as White Queen. She was like a TV um soap opera star. Jeremy Ratchford. Um, plays Banshee, and I forgot what he was in, um, but he's done other stuff. There's Heather McComb, who plays Jubilee. She has been in other things. Oh, there's something recent she was just in that I actually saw, um, but I don't remember off the top of my head. So, hell with it. Austin Rodriguez plays Skin. Randall Slavin plays a new character called Kurt because they couldn't do um, Chamber. Bumper Madison, who's done a ton of voice work. Um, He's like, I think he was um, cyborg in one of the um, movie version, animated movies for DC. Um, he plays Mondo, and then the Suzanne Davis who plays Arlene, who is a new character um, because they couldn't do Husk, and then or Penance, and then there's Amaryllis plays M. Um, the costumes at the end of the movie, there's kind of a costume that looks right. Um, and then the villains wrestle trash again. They were trying to do this was going to be a pilot for a TV series that would have taken up and it would have been a full X-Men series right after Fox got the rights. Um, starts off um, with the definition of what is a mutant and then a bunch of strange sounds. Um, and it, it doesn't start off great. Like it's Matt Frewer is like the scientist Trask. He's wants to experiment on mutant brains so that he can unlock true potential and power. He's trying to cut open some like kid's brain, but they, do this shot of his his mean power as I guess he has a lobster claw. <laughs> they okay. angled the camera yeah. at it in such a way that you can see that it's just clearly a rubber like claw thing on his oh, hand. Throwing it's, it in. It's why didn't this yeah. get picked up, huh? Yeah, I know. Why didn't it get picked up? Um and then they there's so many Dutch angles. Like every scene has a Dutch angle. Like and it's so weird. So Eric, I don't know if you're familiar like if you skewed, remember right yeah it's a skewed angle they love it in this movie it's um, kind of 90s isn't it i mean there was a lot of use it, it's the even it's 60s too uh, like the batman 66 mm, series yeah dutch angle yeah, it's, it's almost like an old superhero trope kind of thing uh, 
TV trope. When things are going crazy. Sorry, I don't know why I'm sneezing and coughing. Um, we find when um, Emma Frost comes in to stop Trash from killing this guy, we learned that this thing called the Mutant Registration Act, which is interesting that they're going there. I mean, they're trying. They really are trying here. Um, Emma comes in and she Emma's the White Queen. Um, she's going to use her powers to fuck with Tresk mine. But I don't understand when she's using her powers, it gets really windy as if she's Storm. It's very strange. They don't know um, how to do psychic of, depictions without a gust of wind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you learn, like, don't fuck with Emma. And then um, it cuts to Generation X five years later. And we meet our first Gen X character, Skin. He's getting ready to leave his house. And while he is there, his sister grabs his arm as he's in the car. And she starts. they start to drive away. And his arm stretches. Um, it's all stretchy. His skin. His skin stretches. Um then we cut to a scene of Matt Frewer chewing up the scenery just like Jim. I mean, it was like watching someone do an impersonation of Jim Carrey and Batman forever. It's that level of zany. Hmm. Um, it is very strange to watch. Um, I like Matt Frewer, but man, that was a strange scene to watch. Um, so that's kind of what we start to see. And you start to see the effects. The effects are not amazing in this particular movie. Um, they're a little bit strange. Um, Matt Fewer. Oh, yeah, look at him. Yeah, it's very Jim. I wish I could do some of the impersonations. Yeah, he's, he looks like he's doing a Jim Carrey there. Yeah, I, if I could do an impersonation. Like a Jim Carrey from In Living Color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we got our team. There's um, our white queen right there. And then in the movie, this is what she kind of, this is what she looks like. Yikes. Um. So one interesting thing, um, while I'm showing you some pictures of the characters, um, one interesting thing about this, as I noticed as we get to the Xavier Institute, they use the same school um, for that they use in the movies. Really? And then I didn't even realize that the X-Men 1, 2, 3, all of the X-Men movies use the same um, particular one, the same building, and this used it too. So it's kind of fascinating that they discovered it for this and then decided to keep using it for everything hey, else. They scouted it already. Um, so, yeah. Um, this image here, this isn't the, the scene I was talking about with the little girl holding his arm, but you can see like the effect of the stretchy <laughs> skin. Mr. Fantastic, basically. It kind of is, but in the in the comics, it's more of like his skin just keeps growing. It's very weird. Like you would not want his mutant power. Hmm. <laughs> At the end of the day, you really don't want his mutant power. Um, so we end up, we go through all this. We start to meet our characters. Then we, we meet, um, Jubilee, um, who's, we meet her in an arcade and behind her is an X-Men arcade game, which is kind of fascinating. (laughs) And she can see her mutant power allows her to kind of see, um, subliminal messages. And so she sees this subliminal message that Trask has put into the game that's basically like smoke up kitties, play more kitties, puffa, puffa. <laughs> one of the lines of the movie. Um, and she sees it, but the subliminal message works on her and it kicks her brain into overdrive. And she ends up using her mutant powers, which then causes the cops to come and arrest her under the Mutant Registration Act. She's an unregistered mutant. She has to be arrested. And that's when um, Cerebro goes off and alerts the White Queen. 
And White Queen goes and wakes up Banshee, and she's like, come on, Sean, we got to get over here. And he's like, stay out of my mind, you mind witch. And she's like, if I was in your mind, you wouldn't wake up. It's like this weird sexual thing. <laughs> and then he's like, you should go get dressed. And she's like, oh, but honey, I am dressed. And she's yeah, wearing dude. this little nighty. Uh, so they go, They this is where the scene that you were talking about with the, the with Dugan, he's like the officer there and they're trying to get in. So she uses her powers to turn like a, a note card into like um, a police badge. And she's like, hi, we're with the registration, meet and registration. Dr. Authority, who's it? And yes, she Dr. Who's it. Um, we're with the meet and registration authority and I'm officer Hootie and this is officer Blowfish. Oh and, God, my God, really? He's like, yeah. And so he's like, oh, um, I wanted to go back and read it for modern. Dar- one of them is Darius and the other one's Rucker. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> We're old. <laughs> um. So he goes through and he does. He lets them in. Jubilee can see through her thing, which apparently is unusual that someone can re- see through her illusion. And so Jubilee agrees to go to the school with them. And then that's when they meet the other team members of Mondo. Um, his power is he, if he touches something, he can take on its ability. He's basically absorbing man. If he touches a rock, he becomes as hard as a rock, steel, steel. There's actually a line like, oh, what happens if you touch jello? And he's like, oh, don't even fuck around with me. I don't like jello. Um, <laughs> apparently, that's like a nod to this actor. One of his first gigs was a jello commercial. Um, so it was a little nod to him. Hmm. So you got all these. Um, so you got, oh, you got M. She's just super smart. Arlie, she's just super buff. Um, I think that's. Oh, and um, Kurt, he just he can has X-ray vision and he can shoot things through his eyes. And then he keeps making jokes that he can see through the women's clothes. And then they get very upset. Um, you know, oh, normal, <laughs> normal '90s stuff, as you can imagine. So it's basically um, like. B movie B B rate powers of the normal X Men you know, across the board. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, with, they, with they, no adamantium claws somewhere. I mean, the Gen X they were supposed to be the younger next generation of mutants. Right, right. Um, I really like the comic book. I'm, I'm a huge fan of the comic book. Um, so there's like this. They're all meeting. There's like this football scene that they we kind of get to see them use their powers. They don't use them often. It's the only time in the movie you see Banshee use his sonic scream. Um, then they go into town and we found out that the townies are all dicks, um, like horrible dicks to everyone. Um, we go more to the Tresk scenes and he's wants to just like manipulate people. He, uh, his boss is like advertising trash advertising. He's like, yeah, I'm going to manipulate your braid. No advertising. Um, he's like, no brainwashing advertising. Um, and then Tress ends up getting fired after pulling a stunt where he went into everyone's brain and told them to all fart at noon to prove a point that he can manipulate people. And so they fire him. And then we cut to the scene where Tresk is using a machine to give him basically psychic powers to go into the dream world. And he makes his boss jump out of a window. Um, oh, that's a lot different yeah. from farting. A lot different from farting. Then we find out that Emma also has a machine like this and that Skin ends up finding the machine and he goes into it because he just wants to escape kind of the world. Mm. Um, And Jubilee has discovered the same machine. She also kind of wants to escape the world. 
her experience is fine, but when Tresk goes in, he or sorry, when Skin goes in, he runs into Tresk, and Tresk is like helping him with this girl, this townie that he liked, and he Tresk basically plants in her mind. Um, what's that movie? The implanting, um, the Leo movie, um, uh, Inception. He Tresk basically incepts this girl, like, oh, you're gonna love this guy. You anytime you see him, oh, you're gonna love him. Um, very creepy scene. Yeah. Um, Tresk ends up getting the helmet taken off him. So he gets kind of trapped into the dream world. And then he tries to like force Jubilee and skin to get him out, um, which he, they do, which is going to end up getting skin caught, which will start the final fight. Um, but there is one scene I want to talk about that's very problematic that happens in between those that I skipped over for a second. They go, the kids go to a carnival then this movie is going to become very 90. Oh, dear. Um, and they are making fun. One of the high school boys is making fun of skin. And he's like, oh, you are. That's right. You can't do it because you're a mm, using the wonderful R word um, towards him, um, which then causes a fight to happen. Whereas one of the few times we see Mondo use his power, he p- touches a rock and absorbs the rock. So when people punch him, it shatters their hands. All right, nice. Um, they deserved it, yeah. um, but um, so that scene happens. Very problematic for this movie. Um, so then we cut back to Skin's been captured by Trask. Um, they all have to go into this doorway to of the mental world that Emma will hold open to save the day. And then they end, they save it really quickly, basically kind of setting up trash where he could be a villain later on in the TV show if it had picked up. But they do end up getting um, kind of a quasi costume. So I want to show this for you, Eric. So this is what their costume looked like in the books. Mm-hmm. They all had something fairly similar. At the end of this movie, the last shot of the movie is Arlie um, wearing this outfit. So they actually were trying. They were legitimately trying to like do something cool here. It just fell flat because it's not the best written thing. Nor is it the best costume. <laughs> it's not. But if you consider like 1996, Fox TV, we don't have the movies yet. She she looks like her parents like were really scared about her rollerblading, so they put a lot of padding. <laughs> <laughs> you, you you mean like this? <laughs> <laughs> um they all had like these the weird thing with like the colors and stuff but the, um, the elbow pads and stuff especially yeah like they I mean, they were going for comic accurate i mean you see why like when the x-men does their movie later they don't go for comic accuracy <laughs> yeah, you see so like this is a great example of why this is a bad idea sometimes when not done right mm-hmm. so that is gen x so um, oh thank god it's not that bad of a movie um so where where i fit with these so adding these into the list um i want to edit this list so i can actually see the things um going into it um what was the first i did death of the hulk so death of the hulk i give it two stars um it is number 20 on my list um but where that sits for to answer your question, Eric, where does that sit with the Hulk stuff? So mm-hmm. Incredible Hulk pilot, number one, number two, Incredible Hulk returns, number three, the trial of the Incredible Hulk, number four, death of the Incredible Hulk, 
number five, Bride of the Incredible Hulk. Okay. It's not the worst, but it's not the best. There's a lot, it's just very poorly paced and slow. Hmm. So um Punisher, I gave two and a half stars. Um it is number 21 on my list. It is behind Death of the Incredible Hulk, but before Doctor Strange. Hey, hey. John's favorite movie. Then number ah. the next one, number <laughs> and then the next one is uh sorry for laughing so loud in the mic. Um the next one, Gen X. I give it a actually I need to adjust that. Um my Gen X, I am giving it two and a half stars. Um I do legitimately enjoy watching this movie even though it's two and a half stars i actually do legitimately enjoy it i've seen it multiple times mostly it's a lot of i love the comic book of gen x it is one of my favorite x-men comics um so i already have that that positive bias towards this movie Mm -hmm. um i know that going in um but two and a half stars for me it is number eight on my list it is below incredible hulk returns above the 1990 captain america movie it will not be number eight on my list by the time we get <laughs> the MCU proper. It will definitely fall way low. However, I do enjoy this movie a lot. I have watched it multiple times. Right. Speaking of having watched multiple times, Eric, you have multiply multiple times gone on the internet i can't segue that give us a no, library this is, guy. this is a horrible segue. <laughs> <laughs> give us a library all right real quick library uh so i'm gonna stick with the pratt theme actually and talk about the enoch pratt free library uh so for all of those who don't know and i'm guessing that includes the two of you this is in baltimore maryland this is their public library system and i chose it because it is actually Baltimore, Maryland, is the birthplace of our upcoming star of the next show, or not next show of the next film we'll be discussing, um, David Hasselhoff. So it's in Baltimore, Maryland. It was established uh, back in January of 1882. A uh, longtime merchant, baking, uh, steamship company executive, and philanthropist, Enoch Pratt. Uh, who died in 1896. So he offered a gift of a central library, right, to the to the city, uh, basically paid for that, as well as four branch libraries, and then two more uh, shortly after that. Um, and he also established a financial endowment of about $1 million at the time, uh, and a significant piece uh, of, of kind of just offering and, and legislation there. Um, the Cathedral Street Main Library is the flagship. It is the true Enoch Pratt Free Library. Uh, then all of the other kind of branches are the Enoch Pratt Free Library so-and-so branch. Um, it is. Uh, it has about 22 community, neighborhood, and regional branches. It was designated as the State of Maryland's Library Resource Center by the General Assembly of Maryland in 1971. Um, and it is essentially the State Library of Maryland. Um, it comes back so this is i think our first library that's out of the south as i consider it um that is closed on sundays so you can't go on sundays uh, but it is available 10 to 5 every other day it is uh just mere steps away from the walters art museum uh, in that case and then if you're familiar with uh, baltimore maryland it's only a few blocks away from the inner harbor or kind of some of the main harbor areas and, and kind of tourist areas where you might go get your cra- uh, crabs uh, so yeah, Enoch Pratt Free Library. Pratt, uh, I know, was also a name used in what was it? Uh, not Generation X, 
Hawks, who was in the the Hulk movie. So we're continuing our Pratt theme for the day, too. I didn't realize that. So there yeah. you go. Enoch Pratt, Free Library, Baltimore, Maryland. Awesome. I love it. And with that Enoch Pratt Library, let's take a moment, gentlemen, to go to our own personal libraries, i.e. the bathroom, and read a quick <laughs> magazine or a book. Hi-oh. And we're, and we're back. New lap, new lap. I know this is not the same. I keep the same lap. Okay, oh. I'll new lap in, but fine. Um, that makes nothing to anyone else. But new lap, Nick Fury, Agent of Shield, um, nineteen ninety eight. Um, you can watch it on YouTube. It was a Fox TV thing. Um, I don't know why I wrote that it was two hours. It's actually not. It's an hour. And I would have killed myself then. <laughs> um, it's, it is an origin. Actually, no, it's not even an origin story. It was an original story. David Hasselhoff as Nick Fury. Lisa Reina as Val. I'm not even going to do the whole. Rina. I'm not going to try to do the whole. Contessa yeah, she's married to Harry Hamlin. That's what I know her best for. Oh. Um, Sandra Hess as Andrea Von Strucker. Um, oh, Gary Chalk as Dugan. Um, Ron Canada, best name ever. Ron Canada, as not from Gabriel, Canada, not from Canada. Canada. Gabriel Jones and Peter Haysworth or Hayworth as Armin Zola. I'm so sorry, Peter, that you were in this. Um, <laughs> notes he looks like Nick Fury. I'll give him that. That is the best praise I can give this movie outside of the blue. He did you looks, see who wrote this movie? Did you did catch who wrote attention. this movie? David Goyer. Oh, that, there's okay, some things I in this that's it. not it's not that that bad. Um, I do want to mention this one little thing before we get into like the big thing of it. Rachel's never heard of this movie, never seen this movie. Mm. I'm watching this movie. She starts. She wants Gen X with me, and she's like, "This is awful." But then when we did Nick Fury, it starts. She goes, "Why did they decide to make Nick Fury white?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I'm like, he was white in the comic books. Sam Jackson was, it was like this, this thing. I love I, it. I tried to explain it, but uh, yeah. So it, it made me it. laugh. It made me laugh very hard. Um, to be clear, I mean, he came first, right? Um, Nick yes, Curry. yes. Okay, uh, look, first of all, well, why did this, you know, I know David well, Hasselhoff's in there, but the opening scenes, I thought I was watching Baywatch, okay? Yeah, the, Baywatch, the rushing over the water before we go water, to yeah. Trinity Base. Yeah, um, that w- I want to mention this was also a TV pilot. Um, of course. A failed TV pilot. So the order of it is Gen X, 96, 97. Fox tried to do the Doctor Who pilot that didn't go anywhere. Oh, God. Um, then in 98, they do this. They This was a big thing. Like, they advertised the hell out of this. It was like this big spectacle summer thing to show this. Um and then it the, it came and it went nowhere. It just fell flat. But think, looking at it before Mr. Evans gives us his complete thoughts, oh, I will say, oh yeah, <laughs> this does an amazing job of really trying to be a comic book. I mean, they go all in. Death's Head yeah. Virus, the Helicarrier. I mean, they go deep cuts into the Marvel stuff, which I give them a lot of credit for. They did um, and really. Then, they did some of this really badly, though. They, they tried. tried. <laughs> they tried really tried. hard, and I give them that they were ambitious. Ambitious. Also, before I want to mention this, before we fully get into it, I watched this two times in a row. 
I watched this Friday night, and I but I forgot to take notes. Oh, and then I okay. watched it again. I wa- sorry, I watched it Thursday night. I forgot to take notes. Then I watched it again Friday on my lunch break, and I actually took notes on it that time. So I have watched <laughs> it two times in a row. It's a long lunch break. You tell him. Well, okay. <laughs> so let's, let's we, we open anyway, on Trinity Base. Obviously, Hydra is coming to rescue Von Strucker, who's being defrosted, and then that whatever that guy's name. Hit Clay. Was it appears? No, it was Clay oh, who's right. standing yeah. over the guy saying, starts reciting Tennyson, the charge of the light brigade. And right when he gets to the pars, ours is not to raise him why ours is but to do or die. They get shoot him on the die. Wouldn't you have done it too, though? If you're standing there and some guy just starts reading that to you, wouldn't you be like, fuck you? Well, and then later on, him? he gets up and starts saying, let's rock and roll and start shooting while standing in the middle of the hallway. And I'm like, <laughs> You have a death wish, son. Well, yeah. Can I also say that, like that that opening scene and and that whole kind of prison break? I don't know what you want to call it. No, they're um, just stealing the body. Yeah, the, the it wasn't even stealing. a prison break. It it was a great use, and I'm sure Generation X had this too of the uh, of the '90s smoke machine and the single yes. light source <laughs> behind it. Single light oh, you source, know, but the hallway, the <laughs> endless hallway, the generic endless hallway. And this is one of the only scenes in this movie that also incorporates our favorite Dutch angle. God. I keep I it is very hard for me to watch something and not notice a Dutch angle. <laughs> I, I, it's like ingrained in my bread. I in my head, and I, I see that I'm like, oh, really? Why? I'm gonna shoot a whole movie in just a slight <laughs> Dutch angle. I'll kill you. <laughs> I'll kill you. <laughs> All right, so we we get here, but we do meet Andrea von Strucker. Who is very weird? <laughs> She's special. She did a lot of overacting. Let's just admit that right now. Yeah, she, she was the better does... of the two main females, though, in my opinion, because <laughs> the Sandra woman. I have comments later on about her. <laughs> I have let's, comments let's... later on about her. There is a moment where she has a, a well, I will call it that's her moment, and that was it. Because whatever German accent she was pulling was just like, please stop. I want to cut your throat. <laughs> oh. And so then her get... obviously weirdly impish little brother who's like, I don't know what the heck his deal was. Yeah. He looks like somebody who stumbled out of like a German raver gay club. And then <laughs> I don't know what to make of him. I feel Casey's like... jumping ahead too because he's already passed the whole hiding in like the old mine. I know, I know. We can go back. Oh to no, my notes hiding so... in the Yukon. I'm like, well, you're, yeah. you're, re- you're reading my notes, and my notes are all over the no, place. And, and, uh, um, no, I'm reading uh, my notes. No, I'm so, Eric said I was skipping ahead. I'm like, my notes, I I jump around. Well, well like, Val comes in after that. That's why I know because I this when I what you're seeing, this mm-hmm. was when I watched it right here. This is what I watched it on Thursday. And then these are all when I watched uh, it. I think that I just wanted to put. Yeah, I was right. The um, this is the first time the Von Struckers have been in a TV show. John, they actually come back as the villains in the Gifted TV show. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So, so I, I look, like, my mind I don't understand why Nick Fury is pickaxing away and then runs Same. away from Alexander Pierce, who is like a far cry from what we will eventually see him as, but I guess we're trying to be closer to the comic, but he's not British. Okay, so also why is Nick Fury in the Yukon? Yes. What is he pickaxing? 
right? Does he live in the mine shaft? Because <laughs> we never see his house. He doesn't I, I, go home to get stuff. I guess because we didn't get a TV show, we don't get to find out. This was his best, like, Zoolander impression when Zoolander's <laughs> in, the, in the coal mines, you know? That's what it was to me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but then also, the, the Alexander I, I Pierce, know... I was like, wait a second. I know the combo character. This is nothing like this. This is like... Why is this? And then they had that CGI hover Apache. I was like, what the heck is that? And he also like he has all these signs as like they're they're zooming in to really set the scene here, I guess, or whatever. The establishing shots. They have all these signs outside of his hideout hideout, mm-hmm. which let you know someone's in the hideout, first of all. And mm-hmm. then also like there's a ton of signs saying like caution at your own risk i will fuck you up if you come in basically mm-hmm. and then like someone starts banging on the door and he's like i gotta get out of here <laughs> and he <Yeah>. runs <laughs> and not only does he run away he hides behind something real quick and then like as he's like oh good they missed me he lights a fucking match to smoke a cigar and i'm like that's not what you do when you're hiding you don't create a light source however <laughs> very oral fixation a but, large oral fixation uh, okay but yeah, but but john can john can confirm this for me that oh, was I know. very on brand no it is yeah no no, no, it is. Everywhere light a cigar. But this Alexander now, Pierce this, is a joke. Yes. And then they basically but like I, I, oh, I won't come back. It's been five years. And then Val's like, oh, Clay's dead. And like, oh, I must come back I, I for wanted, Clay. Because this is the moment where we first see him. This is my most positive thing for this movie. He looks like Nick Fury. Sure. I mean, he looks at yeah, he was perfect for this. It's all it downhill not, from there. It's not Which, well written, but he is perfect for this particular thing. I mean, even in this one shot I'm showing you guys, I mean, that is almost identical. Like, they almost tried to replicate that shot. They should have given yes. the silver temples. They should have, yes. All right, all right. The, I'm um, going to say something about so what anyway, happens. Yes. I'm going to read directly from my notes here. So he goes with them, and then I wrote, worst helicated Harrier design I have ever Scene all caps. <laughs> that wasn't even trying. That's not trying. That is garbage. <laughs> you could have built a better model. That is lazy they have a helicarrier. Garbage. <laughs> like garbage. So I thought it was a little like a cloud city. It is a little no, like a it was, city. That's terrible. <laughs> so I, I want to mention because we, we moved past the vowel of it all. I forgot she was in this. <laughs> I did. And when she, when he goes like, oh, it's the Contessa. And I'm like, what? Oh, she's in this. I forgot Val's in it. Who, who played it better? This woman. Louis, 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 Louis Sweet Treat. Oh, Dreyfus does it better. Yeah. 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 Oh, my uh, God. Julie no. Louise Dreyfus was doing it better at this year. And she wasn't yeah. even doing it. <laughs> <laughs> She's in Seinfeld right at this yeah, point. Exactly. Bill. No, the thing I learned about this while so I, watching a little bit of trivia on this. So when he originally signed on, he was refusing to wear the eye patch. And then he got a bad bout of pink eye right like the day before he was supposed to start filming. And that's why he agreed to wear the <laughs> eye patch. Where do you get the pink eye? I want to know. What was he doing? Val farts. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I think this photo right here tells you what. what was oh, like, like, okay. <laughs> he's rubbing up against that greasy hair. Maybe that's what he did. So uh, anyway. I, I know that I'm. I I think I've said this to the audience before, but I'm a bit of a comic book aficionado. No, no, he's not. Quite the opposite. <laughs> I, I I have I have them. I I remember we, we call that a making kids, but 
you guys are way better at it. So is and and maybe this is less comic book and just kind of lore. Nick Fury in this this version, not the Sam Jackson version, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, Ultimate's version. Um, this one is is clearly the the um, the inspiration for Solid Snake, right? Metal Gear Solid. Because he looks, they look so much alike as characters. Um, maybe I would say that Snake was probably closer to Snake Plissken, but I could see the, mm-hmm. I could see the. Oh, uh, your Snake Plissken is Kurt Russell. From, yes, Kurt Russell. Yeah, I would yeah, say that's yeah, a little yeah, bit closer, in my opinion. That makes sense. All yeah, right. fair enough. Fair enough. Um, all right, all right. I do so, want to. Now that we're on the elevator. Hmm? Oh, the dysfunctional elevator, where you, all you have to do is shoot it. Yeah. Which is a running theme in this movie. They were at least consistent about when it doesn't work, you shoot it. Though I do love the sense of humor of this movie with him smoking and like, there's no smoking here. And he's like, fuck that. And so he keeps smoking. And then yeah. in the elevator, he's leaning against the wall that says absolutely no smoking. Yeah. He's smoking. This like, is right it's a little childish at some points, though. Smoking stuff. Yeah, there's there's definitely some some like later it's on. It's really childish. The, the and why is this... Dugan in a suit? Well, yeah, before dumb, we get to that comment, dumb, I have comments there but it's too. Not, but it's not dumb. It's not dumb, dumb Dugan though. Yeah, I know. They don't call him dumb, dumb. I wish yeah, they, they got did. that pincer guy who was like a suit who failed upwards. Yeah. And um, then of but, course we have what you have written there. I have written that too, and I said, "What the fuck?" Yeah, like why did she call? Why did, we're called? Is she called ESPers or ESPers? I'm like, I'm like that is the dumbest thing. But then as he like makes his comment about her. And she, he like turns and walks away. There's a shot of her looking and like biting her lower lip. And I, I'm like, she wants to fuck him. Oh yeah, it's like this is she is much. all in. She read that mind. She knows what he wants to do to her and to Val and to Pierce and to Quartermain. And okay, to everything else, everything on this in this part of the movie has the worst half baked dialogue I've ever seen. It's all trying to be like quippy one-liner nonsense. And then, of course, Fury has been labeled a vigilante by Pencer before we enter the Nicholas Tesla room where we meet Gabriel <laughs> Jones, the mad scientist, and we get to your favorite part here about the LMDs. Hey, I was happy they had LMDs. Like, the no, fact that's that they my had problem. an LMD. My problem is why do we have every scientific room has to look like a Nikola Tesla lab? Well, there's that as well, but I was it's the I, '90s. Everything had lightning to it. Yes, I mean, I was just happy that um, they had an LMD. The fact that we got it was mentioned in this. We got. I mean, it took forever for Agents of Shield to give us an LMD. So I was just happy. They in the, Eric in the comic books, Nick Fury constantly died all the time, <laughs> but then it would be revealed that it was an LMD. That actually uh, did it. He had tons of LMDs all, all over the place. Nick could be in 12 places at once. Gotcha. Because these are LMDs. It was kind of a creepy LMD. But before we get there, there was a shot in the, like, when, after the, who's the guy in the suit who's giving him a hard time the whole time? Um, Denser. Dick. Punching. Yeah, Denser. So there's that moment where he's like, put that damn smoke out or whatever. Absolutely no smoking, whatever he yells at him. And, like, Nick Fury's face is kind of right there at the very front of the shot, you know, right, right close up almost but you kind of see denser in the back or whatever the close up over the shoulder down. yeah to me that was a very comic book shot and i thought that that was the moment i was like oh they're they're doing a decent effort at trying to be comic booky about this not just i agree not just like a movie they're like oh let's pay some fan service here too 
then we get I to agree. see they Clay's. Then we get to see Clay's what? filming contact lens, and we get to meet Andrea Von Strucker and her worst acting ever. <laughs> oh my so god, Eric, is she a terrible actress in this? This is what so she bad. looked like in the comics. So bad. So there's Von Strucker. There's her. She might and, be the worst actress we've seen in one of these movies yet. And then we get her. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Now, is this the scene where she shoots someone and has an orgasm from shooting? What? Oh, yeah. What no, that? I, I that don't know. I may have blurred that out. I think I wrote that. Uh, oh, God. Yeah, she, she also, yeah, maybe that's totally what totally has an orgasm. <laughs> I Here's my note. She came from shooting this. <laughs> Uh, it was such a '90s like noir villains shooting like oh yes no yes, they're just yes. doing the on the top they're it just was doing golden eye <laughs> but Meek Jensen had already provided that template and when they're watching the video like this had is... that happened yet at this point in time I don't know that's a good question mm-hmm. I'm, you, we... you guys talk I'm gonna look it up go. well okay so the Interpol agent who yeah, was really happened, weird right? it turns out golden to be Viper. Von Strucker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They get Zola after that whole, like, whatever the heck that whole scene was. It felt like a waste of time. And of course, Fury is now slowly dying as they try that's to. When we learned, that's when we learned the Death Head virus, which deep yes. cut Marvel. I mean, they went deep cut to get to the Death that's Head. That's true. That's why I'm like, they clearly. Goyer clearly did his research and knew Nick, Cure, knew Nick Fury and knew S.H.I.E.L.D. He is trying. I would be very curious to know what did his original script look like versus the shooting script? Did the studio step in and say, hey, you've got to cut some of this out. You're going too nerdy. Or was it always this trash level? I'd be very curious to know. But but the fact that he did Death's Head Virus and all these other little tiny things makes me think that he actually did his research and he clearly loved the characters enough to try. To get to where he is, failed. I think they may have gone too far, though, with that. Like, I feel like they may have overreached by making it too complex for a pilot. I I will say it is very complex for a pilot. Yeah. Well, and then of course there's the whole pincer clone who comes in, and he's a a broadcaster. And when he broadcasts Viper's head for the ransom, I swear it was like I was getting vibes of like they did this better with Zur. And the last Starfighter. So okay. uh, one of here's one when thing he I projects love, his head, he can interact. When when they kill when he shoots the um the robot and I, my one of my things I thought was funny. How did you know it wasn't me? I didn't. <laughs> By the way, whoever's in charge of the firing of the guns, they don't look like they're shooting anything ever. Well, it's bad. So here, here's what's Someone interesting, get out <laughs> So to Sorry, go to, to to go to your writing, so Goyer had just done Dark City, which is a really good movie, I think. Anyway, um, he does this, then he does Blade. We wouldn't have, I mean, he's trying to get his foot into the comic book door, and he does. He gets his Blade. He gets his Blade two, not his best work. Blade three, much better. But then, I mean, he goes. His next comic book thing as he's trying to get this formula going. He does Batman Begins. He then goes back to TV to do some more Blade, but then he does Dark. He gets the story for Dark Knight. He writes the story for Dark Knight Rises. He does write Ghost Rider. Well, really? I'm just gonna move that. The, the <laughs> yeah, they can't he all be good. Is, he is credited for the story for those Nolan ones. Um, and I then that after, was Nolan's brother who wrote those. 
because his brother usually writes a lot of stuff. My assumption, but the fact that it says story and not screenplay, mm, is it, that yeah. he wrote the script, like the outline that the Nolan's brother would Turned take. Into a script, yeah. But he also wrote like Black Ops Two for Call of Duty. He wrote Man of Steel. Um, wow. Like he has a lot of stuff, so we wouldn't have gotten to some of these better things, perhaps, if it wasn't for this, where he's clearly trying to throw his his geek dick down on the table. Um, but John, <laughs> to, to your you, point about like Goyer is a hit or miss for me. I'm you, just well, but Goyer that. wrote one of your favorite things last year. Ooh, Goyer create developed and created the Sandman TV show. Yeah, I'm like I said, it's like a hit or miss thing for me. Yeah, this fell. So you, so Sandman could run. All right. <laughs> and I mean, and actually, it's, 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 it's actually an interesting thing with that. Because of how deep cut he is in this, that's what made Sandman so good was because he, when he writes his stuff, he at least gets deep into it to try to figure it out. I'm sorry, True. Eric, um, what were you going to say? No, no, I was, I was calling back all the way to you guys talking about the fact that the plot was a lot for a, mm -hmm. a pilot. I feel like that's been the case with a lot of these live movies we've watched over. The cartoons were better, yeah. Um, but the live movies, except for maybe the Hulk one that we watched, um, the Incredible Hulk Returns, they they just plow through plot and yeah. like wrap it. Well, like they chew it up. Almost, I mean, it's well, not even that. It's almost like by the time you get to the MCU, they've learned their lesson to say, okay, let's let's have a whole movie dedicated to like three plot points. Right. Yeah. And so that they're really doing big scene work. They're doing big set pieces. They're doing all that stuff so that it's you're not trying to. I mean, obviously, there's there's plenty of moments in the MCU where they fly through a plot point. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But it feels like they are trying to pack in a ton of exposition to these things. And and that's just not needed. Like, well, I, just OK, so for this movie, well, you, you you've gone back and talked about capturing Zola. And we're going to go get him, and then Nick gets poisoned, and we have to get to the base to rescue the get the girl so we can cure Nick. I feel yeah. like that could have been yeah. enough. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. You're right. But I think the Eric brings up a good point, and I'm glad we're watching these in the way we're watching them. And you, you, you're what drove this home for me was when you said excluding the animateds because the animateds were much after this. Mm -hmm. We're watching them kind of in order as they were happening, and so we're seeing the progression of. People going, I want to, I want to do a comic book thing, but I'll never get to do this again. I got to get it all in there right, right now. I got to right. shove it all in, and then at least it's out there. We're now by this point because where we are, because we're about to hit the blade um, time period. Mm. Um, they're going to start going like, you don't need to throw it all in. Let's pace it. Let's cut some stuff out. Let's do save for movie two, movie three, and then we get to M the MCU proper, and then everyone is fully learned at that point. Well, I what think what's do. lost too is you lose so many good like fight sequences where yeah. you really understand why people love these characters, which is no one's. I mean, there's lots of people who are reading the comics. I think for the storylines and stuff. Don't get me wrong, but I think that if you took away the superpowers of superheroes, no one would be reading those stories anymore, right? So right. we want to we want to see these superheroes, these heroes in general, mm -hmm. be heroic in their actions, not just yeah. in their words. Yeah, and it's. I, I never thought about it until just how you said it. Like it. Everything is thrown into it and looking at it from the way we're watching them in order as they were coming out, we're seeing like, again, they let's get it all out there. Let's we need to get this movie done. I love this character. I want to get it in, shove everything into it. Right. 
and then hope it works. And in this case, it doesn't because it's a lot of stuff. Well, especially well this is where we're too, we're we're too, too we're too deep in the realm where people who are writing these things are too much fanficting it. It's too much well, like a all... giant like an overgrown yeah. overgrown fan fiction when it needs to be something much more tight and focused. They're, they're writing mean, for comic book readers, not for the main audience. That's part of it. The, yeah, I think that's a problem though too. And... You try to oh, do you try to do that one thing and not you know both. I think you you cut yourself at the feet. You get your knees out. Well, that's I mean, where it's... MCU is good. MCU is really good about writing to the the newcomers. Yeah, I mean they this, do is, both. this is they the... do both. Sure, but they the, they're Easter eggs when they do both. It's the it, the the story. Well, it's in, in the, no, it's in there. They found a way to streamline the idea that. What they do is they give you the comic book characters, but they give you the premise that they're in a somewhat realer world, mm. which already sets up a connection with the audience. And then on top of that, you give the audience a good story that allows to you there. to feel like you can flow into it because you know the themes, you know the familiar thematic elements, even if you don't know the characters, you well, are pulled in by the narrative itself. So we can change the characters out all we want, but we have this strong narrative thread that the audience can follow. Well, this, this is where you're both right. Mm -hmm. Eric's right on they didn't do that in the beginning of the MCU. They kept it to let's try to get a new audience members. And anything they did call into that geeky stuff, it was an Easter egg. Where we are now, what, how many yeah. years are we in there? 15 phase years four, into the right? MCU? Phase five? We're in phase five now? Yeah. Now, this is where John is right, that audiences already know what to expect now. They know the world. They can do the here just is. It's yeah. not an Easter egg. It's just this is the world you live in. Um, But this where we are here, they couldn't have. And it was it is kind of fan fiction. -y. You're definitely right there, John. I think that one of the things that makes this fan fiction -y is the fact that they picked a character that no shouldn't. I mean, let's be honest, probably shouldn't have their own thing. No. Nick Fury was this was a deep cut character at this time period. And if you want to get people into comic book stuff, you should have done a cool a, a different character. Problem is with the effects of that time period, how would you have done that? Really, the only character you could have done would have been Black Widow. And at this time period, you would not be putting a female as the lead of a TV show. But to that end, I agree with the idea that Nick Fury maybe wasn't the most obvious choice of a of a lead. But the the world around Nick Fury would have allowed for a lot better characters than the ones they chose for his supporting characters in this. Yes, one. they could no have brought joke. in Black Widow. They could have brought in a lot of a lot of more human like characters where they mm -hmm. didn't have to waste effect budgets on. Yeah, but would have been name recognition for most of the audience still. Oh, they could okay. have easily have done Matt Murdock if they had. Sure. Oh yeah, this. Right. they should have brought back Daredevil. They really should have. Yeah, Daredevil. I mean, could have been... they actually could have had Bruce Banner just not having to go to the Hulk. Sure. Okay, look, they, they, I'm going to say this real quickly. Alexander Pierce in this movie is a joke. He is there to be your punching boy joke. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know why he's that. there. <laughs> no, I will there say that when the... that Viper lady gets in oh. red, even though her acting is awful, that's the best she looks through the whole movie. This is This is your favorite outfit right there? Yeah. I think that's the best looking she looks, even though her acting. Oh God, please stop! <laughs> <laughs> is bad. It's, and then the one-liners, the one-liners, please stop! It's killing yeah, me. She's 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 not going to get any awards with this movie. No, and then um, Nick Fury's one-liners were starting to get to the point where like it's we're like a cliche. So at this point, we've gotten to where we we saved the day. We have that weird. 
we have this weird scene of like the is it a six is it a nine is it a six is it a nine (laughs) (laughs) nice (laughs) yeah it's one of those weird like oh guys really you had to do that um nick fury gets saved which we knew was going to happen he's the lead of the show of course um movie ends clearly setting up he's in charge and you know he's gonna go out and save the day with val so where actually do you have anything else you want to say about this wonderful movie no i'm done (laughs) okay john Uh, we know it is go eric go ahead i had a couple things so there was one moment where it's like we're gonna go kick hydra butt and i was like hydra butt that's totally earning your tv 14 rating right there (laughs) yeah um let's see there was uh there was one moment where it's like, do you guys remember this? Where they're like, oh, where is it? Where is it? You can do this. You can do this. You can do this. And they said it like a bunch of times over and over. I think like six different times. Mm-hmm. So, all right. That's it. All right. We know where John sits on this. Is five stars. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, John. <laughs> one out of five alleys. Where does this sit for you? One. And I'm being wow. generous with a one. So where is it on your list then? Like, like right above Doctor Strange, and that's the worst. So you think wow. Doctor Strange is is worse than okay, worst? Eric, yes, John. I I do expect your homework is update your um, letterbox. Um, Eric, where does it sit for you? One I'm out of five, gonna, Rachel's. I'm gonna give it three. I I actually did not hate this movie. I thought. I mean, I I do not have the vehement passion against it that that John does. I do not think it was a good movie. Uh, maybe I'm a little nostalgic for my my 90s TV movies because there was something I was like, this works for me. Like even Hasselhoff, I wrote in one of my notes is like he is no Sam Jackson, but he's kind of cool. He's kind of working it for me. And so he's the Hulk. yeah, th- this is better than the Hulk's the Hulk movie that we watched. This is probably my favorite live action so far. So where is this on your list? Update your letterbox. Oh, man. I know I got to update my letter. I don't know. I think I think the honestly the the Hulk versus is still probably in the somewhere in the top. Um, this would probably be right around the middle of the pack at this point. All right, next week I want both of oh, Next God. week I want both of y'all's letterboxes updated. All right, here's oh, where it is for I, me. I also like the Doctor Strange and I like the music, which was the main thing John oh. hated about it. <laughs> so here's where it is for me: two and a half stars for me. All right. It is number eighteen on my list. It is below next Avengers Heroes of Tomorrow, um, which the next up live action would be Trial of the Incredible Hulk. Um, it is um, right above um, Ultimate Avengers, mm. the first thing we watched. Um, and then the next live action one down would be Death of the Hulk. So it fits between Trial and Death. I do like it more than Doctor Strange. I like it more than Punisher. Um, there's It's just something interesting about it. You know, I'm, I'm me, with Eric. There's just a little something. Maybe it's 90s nostalgia. Maybe it's like watching a woman have an orgasm while shooting a gun, which is a very weird scene. I, I think to me, this was the first of the, at least of the live action movies that we've watched that really showed what could be as yeah. as as it will be eventually, as we know now. Mm-hmm. But like, to me, this was the closest I saw to like, oh, I think people are getting it. People are realizing, yeah. oh, we can make, we can actually make a decent story out of these things whether or not they did 
Right. I'm going to cut all <laughs> this out to save the audience embarrassment. Don't you do it. Leave it in. <laughs> it stays. All of it. I'm going to just cut this whole section with you guys ranking it. It's something in the middle. <laughs> oh. Next week's news will be nothing but Fast and Furious 10. <laughs> it will be nothing but Fast 10. Um, it's, 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 an, it's an interesting, it is definitely an interesting movie. Um, and I'm, yeah, it's there. It's, it's what it is. It's a, it's a time capsule. Let's just leave yes. it at that. It's yeah, a time it's, capsule it's, of the time. This is right on the cusp of we're about to start getting good stuff. Blade is the next year. Like mm. we're about actually Blade is the same year because it's ninety eight. Blade should be ninety. Really? Um, I have was Blade. Blade's coming up. Here it is. Here's Blade. Yeah, Blade, Blade August. is August twenty first. Same summer. Holy shit. Yeah, Goyer did this, and then he does Blade. Blade, we do not have what we have today if it was not for Blade. Literally three months later, between Nick Fury, Agents of Shield, and the first Blade. Yeah, that's that's all it is. That's what I mean. It, it feels like the closest we've gotten to like this could be it. This yeah, could, this could do something. And I think that's part of why, like my like like of this is it's that I know where we were in the time period of all this. So. Oh no, I'm looking at what we have to do next week. Yep. It's two. So here we go. So next oh, week, ladies and gentlemen. I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> <laughs> next week, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I will be watching the 2003. I'm doing a little bit of a jump um mm. to start getting things lumped together. So I'll watch them in blocks. Um, I'm doing Daredevil. Do you want to explain real quick why we're jumping ahead instead of doing Blade next since we just talked about its its closeness? Um, mostly because I got like Howard the Duck in there and Blades. There's three movies, and I was trying to get where I can do some of these singles out. So that's why. Um, is Blade Howard... going to tie into MCU? The old Blades? Do you think at all? Not right now. It's not. Okay. So that's why it is where it is on this list. Um, uh, but from here on out, everything will be there. Will be a pair of something. So this week coming up week's pair, it's Daredevil and then Electra. Ah. Um next week is the Blades. And then I think after Blades, it's like Punisher and Ghost Rider. Like I'll start to lump things together that are mm-hmm. sets. Um and then so after Daredevil Wait, and Electra. How, how are Punisher and Ghost Rider a set motorcycles? What is this? Because it's two <laughs> there's two Punisher movies and there's two Ghost Riders. So there's ah, okay, 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 two okay, gotcha, things gotcha. together to make four. Um anyway. Um, we got I got Daredevil and Electra, and then the gentleman will be watching with me. Oh, so Daredevil you can watch on HBO Max. Electra you can, or you can also buy Daredevil. Never um, saw Electra. Electra. You can buy it and or watch it on YouTube. Um, then Howard the Duck we will all be watching. This is a buy only i'm gonna make me buy this aren't you um i'm actually might (laughs) send this to you i'm actually thinking about buying this and sending it to you um and then man thing this is a sci-fi channel movie you can watch this on tubi you can also buy this movie but it's available for free on tubi um eric and john will be watching man thing and howard the duck um Mm. which oddly enough i want to point this out and think about this till just this moment that is a connection on its own because those two comic book characters um, are in comic books altogether. Howard the Duck's first appearance is in a Man Thing comic book. They are constantly together in the comics. They are oh. synonymous with each other. Really? Um, so we there actually is a connection to this. I didn't even realize. All right. 
So it's kind of uh, it's kind of cool, and I I look forward to you guys watching those um, those movies. I might make Rachel watch Man Thing <laughs> or Howard the Duck, one of the two. So Man Thing is um is a horror movie, but it was a TV thing, so you don't have to worry about like you're not getting like extreme blood and guts and stuff. Right. But it is technically a horror movie, and then Howard the Duck is one of Rachel's favorite movies of all time. Wow. So. Um, I look forward to hearing your thoughts on those two movies. So now let us move into some recommendations. So um, actually, before we do recommendations, I just remembered I wanted to um, do something. Um, Eric, you should be in a couple of seconds getting... Um, a text message. I want you to look at these this message, and I want you I want you to give me your reactions live right now. These photos came out today. I want your live reactions. Go. God damn it! I don't I don't know how I feel about this. No, John. John, I sent a message. To both of you, look at it. Live reaction right now. These photos just started popping up today. All right. So I'm not horribly upset about it. <laughs> because I I like what they did with the first one so I'm willing to give it a shot uh, this isn't I don't have a horse that. in this race so I don't care I know Eric's gonna I take just, this personally Margot just, Robbie Margot Robbie is is Harley Quinn plain and simple it's what don't, he don't but he wanks off to that one I, yeah, I gotta say I, I might <laughs> I gotta say I might like actually I don't have I gotta say, I might like this Harley look more. You get the fuck out of here, Casey. You <laughs> son of a bitch. I'm gonna demonetize this whole damn channel. You keep saying that shit. <laughs> wait, but wait, I didn't say I was gonna like the performance more. No, this yo, photo. I'm still mad. I'm this still photo. Mad. No, this photo, still not mad. the other one. Not it the one gets him going in the pants, man. Not what? The... Because she's wearing a business suit? Fuck you, Casey. <laughs> not the one I showed you last time. The one I showed you last week, I didn't like. This one. It's better. I... I kind of like it. It's better. I kind of like it. It's better. Well, you know what also is better? You know what? You know what the best is though. I think. I think my Birds of Prey Harley is my favorite. Birds of Prey. Yeah, I can. Well, no, I think. I mean, <laughs> booty shorts Harley is hard to beat, but it's. I mean, I kind of like this one. I kind of like this one. Her attitude in that one in Birds of Prey was the best. I kind of like this one. And you know what else is kind of like? I kind of like recommendations. Mr. Evans, I want your recommendation (laughs) (laughs) for the week. Are you ready? All right, go. All right, I'm doing this one in honor of the departed Lance Riddick. Um, I'm recommending Corporate. There are three seasons of it from Comedy Central. follows two junior managers as they navigate the grind of the corporate job while being micromanaged by their managers. And Lance Riddick plays the corporate CEO, Christian DeVille, RIP man, uh, who is fantastic. But the real breakout performance is Arpana Nasharla, who plays Grace from HR. But it is a fantastic series. If you've ever worked a corporate job or if you are a fan of office space or any of those kind of things, this is just magnificent. Absolutely magnificent show. Awesome. Eric? Um, I'm going to do a sort of a tribute as well. This is to Sam Neill. I think I I called this out earlier in the show that I was going to change my my recommendation here. Uh, I'm going to recommend a hunt for the wilder people. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it. I think it's available on 
like I, HBO, I want to say maybe, or or Netflix. Uh, it's not a hunt. It's uh, just hunt for the wilder people. I I said a incorrectly. Um, There's and a it kid has from a uh, from a dead from Deadpool yeah, too. Yeah, so it has the kid from Deadpool, and it's directed yeah. by Taika Waititi. Uh, so it yep. makes me think that you know this could be canon, arguably, guys. This could be MCU somewhere. Um, it's set in it's set in New Zealand. Um, it's it really is sweet. It's it, it's kind of. Taika Watiti in his early phase. I think this is actually before he got Thor, even um, or right around the same time as the the first Ragnarok that he did. And honestly, it it kind of shows why I think they gave him you know movies because it's there's a lot of time. Heart, there's a lot of fun to it, but it's really fun. All right. Nice. I'll give you. I'll. You didn't go over time because John interrupted you and got you talking. Now nah, take it. Actually, take it really, it was more of the El Hunt that was the thing. Um, but no, that sounds really awesome. I've never heard of it. To be quite honest. Mm-hmm. Both of them are from New Watch Zealand, it. I do believe. Highly recommend. I think Sam Neill is from New Zealand. He is. He is. Yeah. So is Taika and I believe Julian. I knew Taika was. Mine is also um, in honor of Lance, even though I would have done it even if Lance had not passed away. Um, my recommendation for the week is John Wick Chapter 4. Um, and I saw it last night. I really enjoyed John Wick. There's a lot I would love to say about it, but I can't because I don't want to spoil. But there's some really cool new characters. Donnie Yen is in it. I don't want to know. Does John Wick go? Uh, you know, don't tell me. But I'm you're wondering taking if he goes up and kills my time. People. I'm sorry. I'm you're sorry. taking up my time. Donnie Yen's in it. It's really good. There's a new character um, in the credits. He's called Thrasher, but he calls himself nobody all the time. It's also got um, Bill Skarsgård, who is a great villain, and I love the way he's dressed in it. I want to dress like that for the rest of my life. His suits are just amazing. Um, But it's good. I recommend it highly. If you like the John Wick movies, I recommend it because you kind of need to see them. So there you go. Bill Skarsgård is the... um, Pennywise. Yeah, thank you. Right. Yeah. He, he was he was good. Um, nice. All in all, it's really good. Was he in three? Did they did they reference no, him at all in three? No, okay. he's not in three. I I can't say anything else about this movie. Sorry, there's three, too much I, I could three. accidentally spoil. I so that's why I'm three, like, so I, I'm I don't want to. I love three. Yeah, three was really good. Three was um, my favorite. I think I think I said that three, then one, then two. As oh, I think now. you're gonna like this one even more than three. Nice. Um, so there we go. That is our recommendations. And so then, what else we got to do today, ladies and gentlemen? of the jury we're going to do some homework and this one's going to be pretty interesting dude last week mr evans gave the top 10 list of the most comic accurate elements Mm. so i'm going to run through some comic accurate elements um and here so here we go (coughs) my number 10 comic accurate element is the mark one suit for iron man um i thought it looked great that looked just like it was supposed to in my mind I'm reading the comic books. This is what I pictured it would look like in real life from Iron Man one. Um, and it was good. I love it. It's my, that's my number 10. I look my number, watching that movie again. Same here. My number nine, Captain America's original shield. Ooh, I nice. love that shield and we get it in the movie, even though it's yeah. just barely there before he gets the round shield. The fact that they put that thing in there made me so happy. I love it. I got to see the shield. Um, actually, I think John saw it too. Did you were at that C two E two? I think. Yeah, but I think that was the same C two E two where they had the actual screen used original shield. Wow. Um, oh, love that shield so much. Um, my I think they kept his lines on the back of it. Yes, USO show. Um, my number eight 
is Iron Man's suitcase suit. Mm. Um, the fact that they actually did that from the comic books to this. Um, and I, my familiarity with Iron Man um, originally was the Iron Man TV show, and they used that suit, the, the suitcase suit, all the time. They did. So it was cool to see that in live action, even though we've only seen it once and we'll probably never see it again. It was still pretty cool. My number seven is She-Hulk breaking the fourth wall. Oh, um, she did one. it all the time in the books. She did it in the TV show, and it was great. I loved how they did it. It worked for me. So um, She-Hulk breaking the fourth wall is my number seven. My number six is classic Loki. Um, we get classic Loki outfit. Mm. It was really awesome to get to see that. Um, it made me happy. So classic Loki. Um, and he, he came from um, the classic Loki I'm referring to is from the Loki TV series. It's one of the variants. Yeah. I must um, where we got there. So I really love that. Eric, what is your number five? So my number five is uh, Red Skull. Um, I thought the the adaptation of him in uh, the first Avenger was great. Um, oh, I forget the actor's name. Now I shouldn't. Hugo Weaving. Thank you. Yes, Hugo Weaving. Obviously, was great. I thought well cast. Prosthetics. Yeah, the, the makeup. Well everything about it was beautiful. And actually, I've got to say, it wasn't Hugo Weaving in um, Infinity War. If I'm not mistaken, correct. Anything. It's a uh, um, guy from um, Walking Dead. But they did a very good job. I thought it was very similar. He's and stuff like that. It didn't didn't change much. The more. guy from Walking Dead. He's an impressionist. That's why oh, he okay. was able to get the voice um, nice. down. So, Mr. Evans, what is your number five? Hawkeye shooting Ant Man on an arrow. Nice. That from is Captain America's Civil War. <laughs> that is a good. I one. love that they did that. Although, from the image you picked. It looks really odd. The bottom one looks really odd now that I'm seeing <laughs> I that image again. <laughs> I like the top image a lot better. It, it's really yeah. fun. Yeah, like, it definitely wow. looks better in the movie than it did there. But it's uh, it's that was a really good one. That one made me happy to sing that in real life. Too bad they haven't done a Hawkeye costume that's a comic book accurate like that. <laughs> uh, we came close-ish in the Hawkeye TV show um, yeah. around the Ren Fair time. Mine number five is... Bam! The Guardians of the Galaxy costumes. So this is from a run from the 2000s um, where they actually had these uniforms and the uniforms they are wearing in Guardians of the Galaxy 3 mm -hmm. um, match up. And it's kind of cool to see those. I kind of hope we get Star-Lord's original helmet that he had there, mm -hmm. but some good stuff. All right, um, Eric, what's your number four? So my number four is from the first Avengers movie in the MCU, which is uh, Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk, uh, specifically the CG version of the Hulk. Uh, to me, was just a very good, um, very accurate representation of the Hulk um, in terms of the look. It 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 really kind of brought it out for me. His attitude was pretty good, and like I said, just kind of as a generalized Hulk, I thought they've they've kind of nailed it with Mark Ruffalo. I like it. I like it. And I agree. for for the audience, a lot of mine are probably going to be costume themed because I don't have quite the depth of knowledge to understand how many of the actual scenes line up with comic book frames. Um, Mr. Evans, what is your number four? Wanda from WandaVision, where she wears nice. the original costume for the October for the uh, Halloween part. Beautiful. Nice. That was my, nice. that's one of my favorites. I love that headpiece. That is my favorite thing of the whole. Like I, I feel like I should have put her and Vision together because both of them mm -hmm. just hit spot on for me. Vision in general across the board is, is a great costume too. 
Yeah. Very, very accurate, in my opinion. They do such white, a good job with white him. vision too, right? Isn't that very accurate? Like yeah, white, white vision is very accurate. Yep. My number four is Kang's costume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love Kang's costume. Um, the fact that they went there. Um, that would be in my top ten, right there. Yeah, yeah for sure. And it, it was already in your top five. Um, two lists yes, ago, I believe for male costumes. Yeah. Favorite. Yeah. All right, um, Eric. What is your number three? Number three is J. Jonah Jameson from Spider-Man, yes. specifically the original um, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. I mean, it, that was probably one of the first moments. Is like Jesus Christ, this guy looks exactly like the comics. <laughs> you know, like it was a J.K. Simmons, J.K. Simmons, spot on look, spot on voice, spot on everything. There was no way. There was no. There was nothing better he could have done in my I'm life. so glad they brought him back because there couldn't have been yeah, anybody else. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I will By s- the way, keep going, yeah. Casey. Yeah. I was going to say, fun fact, the way he speaks in that movie was how he always spoke in my head mm-hmm. when I read the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Choppy, staccato-y almost. Yeah. So fun yeah. fact, I was always hearing J.K. Simmons. Um, John, you're number three. It's the same. <laughs> are we gonna yeah. have a are we gonna have a three-way here in a minute Ooh, let's not <laughs> <laughs> with jk simmons i don't know <laughs> <laughs> well at that point it would make it a four-way he are was we, great I, in the third season of brockmire too he did a great job <laughs> i love him in pretty much everything he does so my number three are we JK gonna have simmons. Are we going to take his answer number three? My number three is Black oh. Bolt's costume. Mm, right. Black Bolt. The fact that they actually went there when they did the TV show in Humans, they didn't go there. We get it here. It was exactly like it was supposed to look. Love it, love it, love it. Rumors are he is actually going to be the MC's official Black Bolt, which I hope is true. Mm. I'll be coming back. Um, all right. Eric, what is your number two? So my number two is. Hulk oh, nice. as the gladiator Hulk in, I believe it's Ragnarok, right? Yep. Um, to me, so this actually kind of sparked from when we watched the Hulk versus, um, you know, the, the Hulk versus Thor, I think it was. And actually, it was just Planet Hulk, but oh, Planet Hulk, thank you, thank you. This is the spark from Planet Hulk, and I was like, holy cow, that looks a lot like the the movie version. And then it was actually it probably looks more like the comic book version when I did my research, and sure enough, uh, so it's the same. It's the Mark Ruffalo, so I that's why I kind of was very um adamant about it. it was just kind of a, a blanket statement with mark ruffalo earlier um to me the gladiator hulk is the, the probably the most hulkish that i've seen him look in terms of you know comic book that i know of at least and and certainly now that we're watching all through these i have that reference point again you know that's why i chose that movie for you to watch by the way Aww. is because of ragnarok because we were going to get to ragnarok yeah i wanted no, you to it, have i wanted it, you to have the reference there's so a okay. lot of similarities there except yeah. that uh korg is very different but yeah that, that's different I'm I'm being thoughtful when I choose the movies for you. Um, <laughs> except for Man that. Thing. Except for Man Thing. That was except a punishment. Except for Man Thing. Well, Man Thing will have a tie in later. All right. When we get right. when we get much later. All right, John. What is your number two? Captain America for the uniform, the shield, and the punching out of Hitler. That yes. was what was featured on Captain America number one. Yep. He did mm-hmm. he does that whole routine there. That was why I love that. Yeah. Oh God, I love that. And that they made comic books about them in the movie. Yeah. You know, oh yeah. 
I I love this movie so much. I cannot wait till we rewatch it. I don't oh, like God. I don't dislike any Captain America movie. I love all of them. They're all good. Yeah, I agree. I agree. This one is just oh god. I just love every oh. We're gonna. Get I would really probably deep say I think Winter Soldier it. might be my favorite though. So I like Civil a good spy one great. movie. So. Civil War is great though. Like, no, I'm just saying it's a hard choice. Yeah, it, it is a hard choice. It depends it on hard... what genre. It, you know what it is. It depends on what genre you want. Mm-hmm. Do you want a historical action piece? Do you want an espionage thriller? Or do you want a team movie? Yeah. You and know, actually, you let's be bit. honest. Civil War was Avengers two. Well, one point. Oh, I know it's Avengers three. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my number two is not Captain America. It is <laughs> the fact that they went deep cut and brought him in is the best thing ever and to Hemsworth me. Hemsworth voiced it so heavy. Yeah, where is he Make- again? In Loki. It's in Loki. So this is in Loki. There's a quick shot when they're going down to the base. Um, and it cuts through and you see the um the little jar with him in it. And he, and just, he has a speaking moment too and everything? It's like a little line. It's like just as it's passing, it's not like it's him like saying like a ton of things. It's just a very fast little thing. I I have to try um, to catch that when we watch it. It's a literal blink and you'll miss yeah, it. I must have missed it. I'm um, planning on rewatching Loki soon to get ready for season two, so don't watch it too soon. It's coming up. It is on our no, list. Well, also, we got it's another fifty weeks. <laughs> it's on our. It's it's on our list. Also, I know. I know. Um, so the um, speaking of Loki, um, rumors are that the Deadpool three, the reason, like the the, the villain, basically the villain, it's going to be him versus the TVA. Um, because if you remember at the end of Deadpool two, he's like jumping around through time yes, to stop did. Ryan Reynolds. That's why the TVA is coming after him. Is because he's broken time and he stopped oh. all that stuff. So if that's true, which I think it, it sounds like it's pretty true, um, that's going to be amazing. Um, Eric, what is your number one most comic book accurate MCU moment ever? People are going to hate me for this, but I'm going to say She-Hulk. Uh, as a as a comic book series in general, as a TV series, I thought a she looked a lot like the character. She had a lot of moments where she put on that costume, the the, the purple jumpsuit and stuff like that. Obviously, uh, very very character driven. Yeah. And then she, you know, back to I think it was called out earlier, breaking the fourth wall, stuff like that. So, it, to me, this was one of the first times that I felt like Marvel was like, "Hey, let's let's do a comic book show, like you know, a true comic book leaning, you know, heavy." And I mean, I think that's why it got such a weird mixed reception at times was that people didn't know how to handle this show. Uh, but to me, I thought it was great. I loved it. It's still one of my favorite Marvel TV shows, at least for sure. It's it actively went after its trolls. I loved that. Yeah, that's I, what I loved it, about it. It like was aggressive. Yeah. yeah. So it 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 brought up the fact that Captain America fucks. I mean, here we are today. We wouldn't have that without it. So yeah. I mean, Daredevil fucks. She Daredevil won't... did the she... morning walk of shame, yeah, and it he... wasn't a woman doing it for once in something. We oh, I know that was so good. Walk of shame. I think I think to me, just She-Hulk kind of carries some of the the fun side of the comics the best. Um, yes. So yeah, to me, that's that's what it was. Like I said, there's there's tons of other moments. Um, As sure a man who's technically done his own version of a kind of like a walk of shame, I appreciated that. <laughs> We've all had our walk of shames. Let's be honest. Some of us in the Daredevil outfit. Eric, <laughs> so John, what is your number one? Okay, I think we can all agree. Armin Zola 
the most ridiculous character in the comic books ever. And the way they brought that together in Cap 2 was just like, you did it. You did it. You did it. I just can't <laughs> say anymore. You did it. Was it the most comic accurate element, though? If, if you were going to do anything to make it look that comic accurate, that's about as good as you can get. Oh, you took God. something of totally <laughs> Jack Kirby, fourth world, obscure, crazy, and you made it actually look like the similar to the same thing. I'm like, holy cow. I remember, Casey, you and I talked about how just like, wow, that was. We did. And in that moment, it was the most bonkers thing. I couldn't believe we got it. But now we have <laughs> Modoc. That's why it's number. Oh yeah, I know. That's that's true. But Armin Zola. I think it's because Armin Zola was first. Could run. I think it's because he was first. I think that's why. Modok could fly. Yeah, run. (laughs) So you you say we all agree that he is number one. Well, I I I would say you could agree he is the number one, not the number one. High high ranking. That's right, because the number one is the Thanos helicopter. (laughs) (laughs) Never been so happy in my geek life than when I saw the Thanos helicopter. (laughs) Also in Loki, right? Also in Loki. A lot of mine's coming from Loki. I really like Loki a lot. Yeah, we know. Um, but Loki, Loki was the most like we're going to give you Easter eggs, and we are yeah. going to yeah, have some fun with it. Um, and so I, I love the fact that the Thanos helicopter was there. Well, I so think with the fact that they can travel through time, I think that'll be a common theme. Is they're just going to pump that full of Easter eggs left and right, you know, season two and stuff as well. All right, Eric. I agree. All right, Eric, you are up. What is oh, no. next week's top ten? Oh no. Um. Top ten. You can always tell when he doesn't character. thought about it. I know I have. He has <laughs> comic character deaths. Ooh, we That's know that they one. don't stay. We know they don't stay dead. But top ten character deaths. Okay, before. Okay, I have to ask: mm-hmm. Is this all comic stuff or just the film stuff? Because that's going to drastically Ooh. affect this list. I. Mine will probably be all film, but I'll say all comic stuff. Okay. Because I I don't know how many films there actually are with, with true deaths in there. All right, I'll, comic deaths. Comic deaths. That's gonna be a really good one. I like that that'll one. That'll be that'll be interesting to see what you guys do because mine like I said, mine will probably be all MCU. Um I will definitely have at least top ten, one on, MCU. Top ten sure. Marvel deaths at that, right? Well, I mean all the I figured all this is dealing yeah. with Marvel, not so dealing just with to make sure. Um I wanted to have Vertigo in here, okay? Or some image. <laughs> well, I was thinking like, you know, Death of Superman or something like that shouldn't be in there. No, I wasn't throwing Death of Superman. I mean, John was throwing <laughs> Death of Superman, but it would be the Death of the Zack Snyder Superman is where, that's where John would go. Um, Catch those tears, baby. Want, speaking of, I want to follow up on that real quick. I Like last episode, last week, I mentioned that Zack Snyder had put out a cryptic thing that we were like, what is this with like the dark side voice? Yeah. We now know what that is. They're going to do um it's a one it's one particular weekend. They're gonna do three like screenings or showings of his Justice League for charity. So all the proceeds would go to charity. I think it's suicide um help charity, I think. Suicide prevention. Okay. Um, I'd also, have to look be up like to see. in theaters type thing. Yes, in theaters. Really? In theaters. Um, so you know, I can't argue with it. 
Um, I can't argue with the fact that all the money, all the proceeds are going to charity. This, you know, good for him. Good for him. Way to turn it around. Yeah. So that, ladies and gentlemen, that has been episode 50, 50. We've been around 50 weeks, everyone. It's nuts. Um, episode 50 today. Yes. Thank you, everyone. Thank you to all of our loyal supporters. Mm -hmm. Scott B, we love you. Please keep writing in. Um, Tim, you're great. Um, that David guy who's wrote in once, he was awesome too. So thank you. I think with the Chelsea who had written in at one point in time. Did we have a Michael? Uh, with, Michael in like Kansas or something like that, wasn't it? I don't know. Yeah, we've we've had some great stuff. Um, so thank you everyone who has written in. Um, you too can write in at notfunnyguys.offthereels at gmail.com and let us know what you think. We'd love to hear it. Also, please like, subscribe, click the bell. All that stuff. I know that doesn't apply to a podcast, actually, but um, please subscribe to it. Listen to it. Rate us. We actually need ratings. Give us ratings. Um, they actually do help a lot. And we would review us too. Uh, yeah, review. Turn on your um, uh, turn on your subscription notifications. Get a get a notification from Apple Podcasts. That's right. Let and us know what we can be doing like, better. Yeah. And and if you don't like us. So recommend us to your friends. Your enemies. There you go. Punish them. Punish them. That's right. <laughs> We're great. If you need to go to sleep at night, it's perfect. My wife is proving it right now. Sleep <laughs> on the couch. Uh, but in all seriousness, Tom, thank you for sticking around for 50 episodes. We couldn't have done it without you. And with that, you can find me at Vash underscore Maxwell on Twitter. Um, you can also find me as Casey Franklin on the Ye Old Letterbox and Hive. John? You can find me uh, on the tweets at the uh, Arching with a PhD or over on Instagram at esoteric underscore by underscore design. And you can find me, Eric, at uh, Letterboxd as Eckley on LinkedIn, if you know my full name, and in Northern Virginia, if you're hunting around. And then, of course, you can find me right here on this podcast, which I hope you've already subscribed to now. And soon you'll find him on this podcast Facebook page that he will be running before he knows it. Wait a minute, what? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Have a good night. Later, guys. Later.